Righto, trendsetters, rug up with us this winter. Next merch drop coming in hot. 14th of May, Tuesday, 6pm at alphablokes.com.au. We've got our two hoodie designs. These designs won't be coming back. We've got a light colour. We've got a dark colour. These things are unreal. We can't wait for you to start wearing them around the flats and rugging up next to the fire. 6pm, Tuesday, 14th of May. Don't miss out. Cure them what you want, knee knockers, golden nuggets, thigh slappers. But our friends at Manscapes refer to them as the boys. Not every man has children, but every man is responsible for their two boys below the waist. When your little guys have more hair than they need, trust Manscaped for all your grooming dreams. Boys need love too, so join the 10 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com and using the code ALPHABLOKES for 20% off plus free shipping. You heard it here first. The boys are back in town. Every man knows how scary it can get when you're going for the close shave below the waist. That's why I trust Manscaped for all my sensitive areas. Introducing the Lawnmower family, including the Lawnmower Pro 3.0 Plus and the 4.0 Pro and the 5.0 Ultra. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code ALPHABLOKES at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code ALPHABLOKES at manscaped.com. For the best your boys have ever looked, trust Manscaped. I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, I'd like to take this chance to apologise to absolutely nobody. The double champ does what the f*** he wants. Welcome back to another episode of the Alpha Blokes podcast. Just here to give the everyday battler a voice and uh, delete head noise one laugh at a time. As per usual, on the better beer today. So we uh, cracked these. Coming into summer, it's a perfect drink. Low on uh, calories, no sugars, fuck all carbs. It's pretty much a jog in a can. So <laughs> I can a get behind it. Cheers, lads. Cheers. Cheers, boys. Bluetooth Introducing right. our um, <laughs> guest today, Richie Vass. Big Wave Surfer, ex-UFC fighter, and bra boy. So thank you. Welcome. Yeah, thanks for coming Very on, excited, bro. mate. Thanks for having us, lads, and beer on a roll. a bit closer, I, brother. Stoked. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. Sweet. Yeah, what's been happening, mate? Come straight from work? Yeah, yeah, straight from work. Um, I'm, I'm just pretty bad at organising myself. And I know I booked you guys in. Also, I forgot about a job add-on as well. And, oh, um, true. Just the old juggling act, but yeah, yeah starting yeah. to get here and yeah, sorry, I smell like a, a hat full of arseholes. Oh, bro, right, mate, mate, we've been walking around all day, so we probably smell like a hat full of arseholes <laughs> too. You know, coming from where we do, bro, there's not many Ubers or anything like that, so instead of trying to learn how to do it, we just walk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, mate, sort of, that'll steer into the start of this too, I reckon, is that like Cam and I come from central Queensland, man. It's a totally different sort of area, you know, city and country and yourself yeah. growing up at Maroubra and uh, and stuff like that, mate. You know, how was that like growing up or have you been to the country much? Mate, I, uh, I love the country, yeah. And, like, most of my travels outside of, like, Sydney and Australia has been coastal, you know, chasing waves and whatnot. And I yeah. just love being in the ocean, diving and fishing and whatnot. But I've done a few trips, like, out Moree and, like, you know, way out in the sticks and yep. man, I love it I said, like it's, it's such an eye opener it's like many communities out there but also just seeing the landscape and, and that part of the world you know I just yeah, yeah I, I'm pretty much a full city sticker you know I spin yeah. it if I see like a blue tongue and that and just yeah. <laughs> and everyone was laughing at me like, um, 
yeah, like I haven't been up around Glasgow way, and yeah. I, I did a few trips as a kid up to the Daintree um, with the oldies, and, and yeah, mate, love love the reef up there, and um, yeah, mate, I love to spend more time. Yeah, I keep you know the older I'm getting, the more I'm talking about moving out of Sydney one day, and but, yeah, um, mate, I appreciate it. Like I'm, I feel very grateful to have grown up where I where I have and live where I where I do. Mm. But like, there's definitely that. Uh, Part of me, I don't see myself growing old in the city. You know, I, I like the idea of a bit of space, a little patch of land, and you know. yeah. Is there a dream spot for you up the coast or down? And it moves, eh? Like it goes from like way up sort of northern New South Wales, you know, around yep. around Tweed as well, like southern Queensland, but then around mid North Coast too. My sister was living up there for a while around Maxwell. I kind of love that yeah, area. Yeah, yeah, Scotts Head, and that's amazing. Um, you know, I love South Coast as well. So, like, yeah. every time, I, yeah. whichever way I leave Sydney, I come back, oh, that could be the spot, you know. That I could suppose be the spot, you but... probably wouldn't want to go too far up north because that takes the fucking waves out, doesn't it? Like, there's not too many. Where's yeah. the furthest north break? Well, probably Agnes. Yeah, where I got the joint. Yeah, exactly. So, I think I think if you're keen, you can still find ways. I get out to the reef yeah, and stuff. I, yeah. I see stuff and got mates who live up that way who... Um, Yep. Yeah, if there's a bit of swell, they can punch you out and get some waves. But um, yeah, I probably want I probably want to cross the border. To be honest, I'll probably stay yeah. in New South Wales nice. and um, yep. yeah, somewhere like on the coast, somewhere anywhere where you get a little patch of land, really, and yeah. get, get waves, a bit of lifestyle. That's the go, man. Slow things down. How often are you trying to get out for a surf at the moment, like nowadays? Um, as much as I can, yeah. You know? Like I still look at the forecast. If it's a good day next week, I'll try and make sure that week is a, that that day is a pretty light day of work. If if any work, you know. So I'll yeah. still try and make the most of the good conditions. Um, but apart from that, like whenever I get a chance. I, recently, I've been flat out with work, so I didn't get any surfs through the week. Yeah, you know, yeah. Week, but um, get me Sunday surfing with every other man and his dog, and yeah. um, had a surf yesterday, Arvo, which was fun. Like it was it was onshore and shitty at Maruba, but yep. there's no one out, so I just made the most of that. Yeah, and, good stuff. Yeah, still trying to get yeah as much as I can. And, yeah, like I said, chase waves when they pop up. And you're a carpet layer, mate. Are you? Carpet layer, yeah. yeah, yeah sweet. So, is yeah. there any is there any feuds in the flooring industry? Like, have you got something <laughs> against the fucking lino cunts or the fucking <laughs> the tiles, the, the, the painters, the, the painters. The painters. We always come in off the back of the painters. Oh. We last trade and they leave the you know, they leave the that messy. So the painters so, yeah, are the, the cyclists of the trade. Yeah, the well, grubs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but then we scratch the walls and um, fucking bang up the skirting board, so they probably call us grubs as well. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, good stuff. Yeah. Mate, growing up, where you did, like as in getting into the bra boy thing, mate, down at the beach and stuff like that. When you were a young fellow, was it just something that just came about naturally? You sort of just bumped into the boys down the beach and created a mateship and that, or how did it all come about? Pretty much. I, I just always had this dream of surfing as a kid, like just wanted to surf, always want to be around the ocean. Um, and it came from my, my Uncle Michael, who lived up at Avalon on the northern beaches, like an hour north from, from Maribra. Yep. He's a, he's a pond from Manchester. He made his way out here like in the, um, I think it was mid-'80s. And uh, like you wouldn't pick it, but he loved his surfing too. You know, he used to travel to Portugal and surf. And um, yeah, I was always drawing drawing the water. And then he just me surfing and pushed me on my, my first waves with me and my cousin Daniel. And always just hooked on surfing, just want to be in and around the ocean from from as far back as I can remember. And and because of that, I was driving my mum mad all the time. You know, like mum, take me to the beach up, yeah. just go surfing. I want to go surf. Just on my little bodyboard. You know, like after school or on the weekends, I was doing nippers and just want. To, yeah, um, she got to the point where she was like. You're driving me mad, like you know. I, mean, I can't, I can't stand sitting on the beach anymore, waiting for you to come in, just saying one more, one more, and coming back out all the time. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. That's and um, so she was down at Maruba Beach, and she went to the local surf shop and um, met Hair Bear, who used to, you know, Paul Chandler. Yeah, he's a local legend, and um, you know, he just said, "Well, why don't you bring him down to Border Road and you know, join him up?" I was like nine or ten at the time. Yeah, and um, 
My mum didn't want me riding my fiberglass surfboard down the beach. She only let me ride that up at Uncle Michael's up at Avalon because she's too scared of me getting hit or whatnot. And, um, you know, if I brought my bodyboard, she'd just keep an eye on me in the flag. So um, he was like, I was like, bring him down. He can ride his surfboard and we'll, you know, the boys will look after him. And um, so that was it. I joined up to Moorabha Board Riders when I was... Um, yeah, nine, ten years old, and before I knew, it, I, was just, I was living out of the surf shop. You know, leaving all my, my clothes oh, and my boards in the surf shop, and um, mum would just come pick me up. You know, uh, drop me down the end of the, at the start of the day with a, with some shrapnel for lunch, and uh, pick me up with the <laughs> sun went down, and yeah. I loved it. Yeah, joined the board riders, and that's where I met all the boys, and I was just like a part of the furniture in the surf shop. Just was there every day. It's uh, fucking, it's pretty cool hearing about that, and I suppose we say we come from different areas, but even hearing some of the old boys' stories about what it was like growing up back then, as far as like. I suppose being a bit more trust in the community, like as in younger kids being able to just go with their mates for a bike ride and they were gone yeah. all day. And like, I suppose, is it is it changed much now, you reckon? Like, this, do the kids still do that down there? Or is it a bit more like fuckers and wild units around? Yeah, they, they do. And I like to think it's still um, still happening, you know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. I, I was the same because when I, around that same time, we were living out near La Perouse, a place called Little Bay. And it was saying we always just run around the, the streets with the kids and, you know, leave the door open, leave our bike on the front lawn and all that kind of yeah. stuff. Like, thinking back now, like, yeah, you don't see that as much. Maybe the times have changed and mm. everyone's a little bit, I don't know, fear plays a big part in everyone's lives these days. Don't, like, and I think that parents are a lot more protective and... Yeah. Um, so, yeah, maybe that plays a part too. But I also think kids, they just want to be inside playing their games too. Like yeah, it's like changed so a lot, like, Yeah, rather than out catching lizards and whatnot and, you know, running around. But, yeah, yeah I was very, um, yeah, very fortunate just to be taken in by the surf shop. And then That's a couple awesome. of years later, my uh, my oldest split. My old man um, moved in just like, you know, around the corner from the surf shop. So I was just like, I was down there 24-7. Um, and, and there's a whole bunch of us. Like, I wasn't the only one. That's what's made it so great because you're just around all these like-minded kids who yeah. just love the surf. I mean, there's no surf running around, just getting into mischief, having fun down the beach. And It would have created yeah. that awesome um, mateship. Yeah. Wouldn't it? Like, as in just a family sort of bond yeah, without that, being related. Absolutely. And and that's what, you know, when you, you mentioned the Bra Boys, that's basically how, how it was all just it came about. And yeah. that mateship, that bond, that brotherhood has been down the beach long before it was called Bra Boys, you know, and it was just um, the Bra Boys came about in, in, in the early 90s due to you know, a bunch of different factors, but that, that bond and that mateship and, you know, growing up together, like sharing the same passion, being in the ocean, um, has been around forever at every beach, you know what I mean? All around the world, that's, yeah. just, that's, a, that's a common thread. Um, so, yeah, I was stoked to, to um, find my little home down there. And, and, and yeah, you still see, like, you still see kids like, you know, our uh, North River Surf Riders Association is, the, is it what the board riders is down there now. It's packed full of grommets and you see them, you know, all the time, just running around, doing exactly what we did, but you know, oh, that's day, awesome. just running around the cliffs and the rocks, and uh, yeah. make, more so on the weekends. And yeah, um, but you saw that, yeah, they, that 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 is still happening, you know. So yeah. it's cool to see. I suppose yeah. as a parent too, if you know that your kids going down there in that group and community, whether you know that there's people who look out for you, I yeah. suppose it's a bit easier to let them go and do that sort of thing rather than just taking off with two mates down the street or something. Yeah, exactly. You know? And like my mum will say that she'll, she'll vouch for that. You know, she mm. had full confidence in. Um, and let me hang down there with the boys. And, you know, before long, I was hanging out with Kobe and uh, Mark Matthews and a whole bunch of older fellas, Luke Dennett, Paul Moffat. These are always, like, you know, the shit-hot surfers down the beach. And they took me under their wing and met me mum and, hey, Linda, how are you? And I like, just, like, yeah. really just butted her up, you know. And yeah, she was yeah. like, bloody hell, how good's this? You know? What was yeah. the age difference there, bro? Because there would have been, like, a you would have been looking up to those blokes. Yeah, totally. So, like, well, Mark's only a year older than me, but then Kobe's, like, Five or six years older than some of the boys are 10, 15 years older. You know what I mean? They were just, yep. they were just all my idols. And then they'll take me in, take me surf when they got big and awesome. take me on little trips down the coast and give me weddies and boards when I need it, you know? Like, Fucking so it was just, um, 
yeah, I dropped me home because I'll be like, I live like 10 minutes from the beach. So, yeah, yeah, mum was stoked and, you know, but they also would get me pissed and, yeah, you yeah. Know, like, grommet abuse, time like, out to a pile nude and, you yeah, know, all yeah. kinds of stuff. But, but was, I mean, the, the best part about that is, is, like, you were introduced to getting on the piss, but you had that safety net there with you, where a lot of the environment, young fellas yeah. who go out with other young fellas and that's it. Yeah, that's, yeah. I suppose, where you can get into heaps of trouble because there's no one sort of looking over you, making a sure. Guide. Yeah, like some kind of sensible head. Well, there wasn't yeah. many sensible heads down on <laughs> no, the piss. Yeah. More but, someone uh, to protect you if you got into some shit. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But, um... Mate, yeah, it was wild, and um, yeah, like I say, I just I just look back at those days with such fond memories, and uh, yeah. I was very grateful. And yeah, there's a whole heap of wild stuff. Mum didn't, you know, know every ins and outs <laughs> no, and all, but no, for sure. <laughs> but we had, uh, yeah, a lot of fun. And like Roman abuse back then too was a, like was a real thing. We used to get flogged. And <laughs> is that like yeah. your entry into it sort of thing? Because yeah, that's like a bit, just, of, that's a like a bit of everything, eh? Yeah. Like yeah. tradition. That's what's that's what's dried up now. You don't see that anymore. See, that's you, know? you, don't, you don't see like kids getting tied to poles and getting like whipped with leg ropes, greased like it know. when you come into the apprenticeship. Apprentice yeah. Like that was like us coming to the apprenticeship to get a seat on the apprentice table. Yeah, you had to do something fucked, whether it was eat coal or get whipped or run and lap down the workshop. Shop nude or something. Yeah, yeah, root yeah, the yeah, town yeah, bike. Yeah, yeah rooting the. Yeah. <laughs> something to be like, earn your spot. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. that's changed, doesn't it? Yeah, right. it um, it has, man. I, I, it's, Is there anything uh, in particular you had to do? But I was a che- I was cheeky too, so yeah, I, yeah. I was a sucker for for grommet abuse, you know, because <laughs> I just couldn't shut my mouth. And yeah, yeah, I was just constantly like, you get you know the typewriter chest, the Luna Park, you know, when they were trying <laughs> to pull you pull your face apart and. Yeah. And uh, always getting tied up, always getting made to do nudie runs. But I, I was like a little nudist, so like I was, and Loved I was it. just like, I've always been the class clown. So like, it, it took no effort at all for them to say, oh, "You won't do this, Rich, or you won't, do, you won't yeah, get nude like, and running that shop." Yeah, yeah. And I was like, "Hold this, yeah." Like, um, <laughs> you must yeah, be a so. shower, not a grower, because I'm not a nudist, but I'd like to be. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No, like, just small man syndrome. They say I won't do it. I'm just like, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah Watch yeah. this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mate, that mentality, like, there's obviously, there's a fair few beaches in close succession, isn't there? Like, yeah. Like, where you're from. So from, like, I guess south head of, you know, harbour, you got Bondi, then Tamarama, sort of Bronte, yeah. Valley. Where does ours sit in the... Yeah. So yeah. then we get Kemba going south from Ruby, got Malabar, then you start getting, like, Little Bay, La Perouse area, and that's yep. Botany Bay. Yep. Yeah, and it's on the southern headland of Botany oh, Bay. Yeah, right like right. Cape Salander is like that's the, that, yeah. the closest kind of like landmark, you know. Because yeah. like, um, what I was sort of going to get at is, was it a thing that like you normally stick to your own beach? Like every lad in that community sort of does their own thing at that beach, and you didn't really venture to others. Is that how the yeah. whole sort of like, hey, this is our beach, this is our beach? If you went somewhere else, was it like, hey, what are you doing here? Cal? Yeah, like, totally. It was, you know? and it was like that, that little tribalism, that localism. And, yeah, and it, just the way the the coastline was. You know, geographically structured. It was like Bondi was a little cove, then you know Bronny was a little cove, then Maru was a little cove, and every little surf beach had their the, yeah. the boys who grew up there. You know what I mean? The yeah. Bondi boys, the Bronny boys, and the Maru boys. Um, and you're all proud of your little patch. You know? yeah. It's always you're always competitive against you know. And we always mates like a friendly, but it got heated times as well. Like because we, like, we all went to school together, and like yeah, it was mateship there, but also like you know you're proud of your little turf and. Um, yeah. And it was big bragging rights whenever you surfed against each other in like some kind of border rose competition or you're on the piss writing off or, you know, trying to get sheilas or whatever it was, yeah. you know what I mean? It was, was that competition. Yeah, yeah. Was there like, is there different, um, like in a day where the swell's good or something, will it be different at each each break? Like, will it not be good where you are so you go and surf the other one and that's where she's the stink? Or like, how's it yeah. work? <laughs> Could be like, see, like, uh, like the beaches are just, you know, if you've got good sandbanks, a good, a good, um, that dictates you now where how, how good the waves are going to be. And then when the swell pops up, depending on like each beach, that's right. Southeastly for that, yeah, yeah, exactly. Prefers a bit of a different uh, direction and yeah. stuff. So, um, 
Ruben was pretty consistent, but if word got out that you know Bondi had a really good bank or Bronny had a really good bank, and it just coincided with Ruben having shit banks, you know the boys would yeah, pull the car and and go for a surf over the headland and uh, and vice versa. But um, it's always pretty pretty sweet as long as you don't go to someone else's beach. And like you know that idea of like respecting locals, it, it's it's a worldwide kind of thing. To you go somewhere so if it's not your little patch, or then like you don't pal out thinking that you're going to get the best wave of the day and just you know, yeah. get every wave and yeah. start palling inside. Drop in on the local town hero. Yeah, yeah, and it happens, but <laughs> no, like, you yeah. know what I mean? But like, you know, it's, it's, it's a bit of a shit go. And and, yeah. um, and then he's like, yeah, then when certain conditions pop up, like some of the reefs will get really good and that's where, you know, we started travelling around and, and trying to, you know, score some good waves. But yeah, yeah, we generally like, we're pretty lucky at Maroubra. We get, we, um, the way it faces and the conditions we get here, like in Sydney, it was generally we don't really need to go over the hill and, and go surf other How ways. How good that though, good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just stick to your own sort of thing. Yeah, and also a bit of, bit of pride there too. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, I'm not going over there if I can say I'll surf that joint. That's yeah, yeah. Shit house. <laughs> I always tell our shit house that joint is. I'm going to go and surf it, you know. <laughs> and even at Maruba, you've got the north end, you know, you've got the middle and you got you got south. Even that divvied up between like little crew who like to stick to their little parts of the beach. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's funny the tribalism and yeah. and the, that little bit of uh. That's no, good though, mate. Having that bit of pride for where you're from and bit of culture is. and stuff, eh? Yeah. Absolutely, and I um, yeah, I, I think it's good. And like I said, it's just a it's something that happens. It's not it's not localized here to Australia or, or, or New South Wales. You see it mm. in North Shore and Hawaii all throughout. Oh, definitely you know? at oh, it's, just, it's just like just hearing that it reminds me of like when that um that big island gas job come in Gladstone, right? Mm. So it's nothing to do with beaches or anything, but the same sort of idea is in like. All the locals had their water and hole at certain pubs and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then you get the lads who come in and stay for four weeks and they might get a day off. So they're all at the pub and next yeah. minute it's like, who are these cunts? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. Then, you know? And then she was blues, mate, for fucking – she was on. Oh, like, I was a bit too young at that stage to be going out then. But, yeah. mate, there was some proper fucking barnies yeah. at some of well, these Well, first-year apprentices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were just like eyes open going, holy fucking yeah. hell. Let's go. Well, I mean, that's just like that community, isn't it? I mean, yeah. proudy, proudy community and proud of your, your place of where you've grown up and what you, where you call home and then mm. people come in and carry on disrespect that community and disrespect the people there. I mean, of course, it's going to get heated. People get It's you know, funny. It's probably like it. the cunts who would get along prime too that are fighting, but yeah, it's just yeah, yeah. no one has the time to just go, hey, this cunt's actually all right. It's like, yeah. What's, who's that cunt? Don't know. <laughs> <him>. <laughs> yeah, that's right. What, a, like, yeah. what age did you first surf ours or Cape Solando? Um, it was just out of high school. So was it when you figured out, were you part of that period where you, they knew it was surfable? Yeah, well, that's just like when Kobe was like, you know, all over the magazines and, and DVDs and videos. So he was really laying the the the, uh, the groundwork for you know, this new kind of surfing, you know, like just being a free surfer. Not, not He wasn't really competing at that stage anymore and he was just chasing big waves, you know. Yeah. And here in Australia, we, we found these waves like the referred to as slabs, you know, all over us from Shipstones in uh, in Tassie to all the waves here, like, you know, ours in, in uh, here in, in Sydney. Then you got over in WA, like Cyc- the Box and Cyclops yeah. and, and the Wright. And um, it, it just took off. And we uh, we had heard whispers of that wave, you know, on around Sydney, the bodyboarders were surfing. And uh, the footage and the photos that they had got of it, they had flipped them around. Yeah. So it was a left-hander, but... Uh, we had some friends in WA who um, who were pretty close to the bodyboarders, and um, we saw some footage, and we just really recognised the headlands and the water colour, and like that's home. And we always familiar. look across the bay from like the La Perouse side on a big swell, and 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 just see like white water exploding up the cliffs. But we the news that we only ever got back was like, no, nah, it breaks on dry rocks. It's not surfable. You know what I mean? They're yeah. just like they're like halfway. You know, mm. can't really do it. Um, 
But then we start seeing this footage and hearing these whispers, and then we sort of like just, it's got to be in, you know in a ballpark area like on this part of the headland somewhere. And and then uh, it was actually me and Mark Matthews just went over there like it was about a sort of a four foot sort of sowy swell. We thought that's what you know, we were going to work on. We punched it over, and um, yeah, we sort of seen it break, but no one was surfing because it wasn't great. But we we're like blown away how close it broke to you know, to the cliffs and, yeah. and how shallow it broke and. Um, Did you just paddle it straight up or tow in? Yeah, just we paddled that day. Oh, because, true. Yeah, yeah we, oh, like, that small swell. Yeah, yeah, and we just did like a little reconnaissance mission. Yeah, I mean, trying to find <laughs> yeah. it. Was, that would have been half the fun, wouldn't it? Like oh, just yeah, going adventure. Sure. But that's what it was like all around. I was like, you know, like like I said, these waves like shipsterns and the ride and you know the box starts again, like get got start getting popular and uh, like oh. up on the central coast, the wave called like, indicators of the zone, like all these slabs, Shark Island, all these like rule. Similar ways in, in the way that you had swell coming out of super deep water and they're just hitting yeah. a shallow reef and they're just, just, um, going, and just going bonkers, yeah. That um, chip stern, does it have the step in it every time? Pretty much. Different, like it does, every wave's different, but pretty much every time you're going to have that, that step. step. Yeah. How's that? Sometimes you're already coming minor, down the face of it. Sometimes there's several steps, you know. Yeah, you, you don't know until you, you paddle in or you let go of the rope on the jet ski. and um, So that adventure of chasing those waves and even just trying to find them on your own doorstep like we did, it was... Um, yeah, it's phenomenal. You know, the, the the excitement around it was uh, was wild, and then to get find the waves and then have good sessions out there and get some of the you know, best waves of your life, uh, yeah, it was awesome. Because that yeah. would have been part of the thing too, like a new thing coming in like that. You got an opportunity to find something that no one else has yet, eh? Yeah, like that doesn't really happen too often nowadays. Normally, every cunt's done everything. So exactly. it would have been an exciting period for you to go, let's go fucking For sure. And, like, you know, we were just full of testosterone. Like, just oh, yeah. like it was a hate and breed power. So I went on the road. Like, we didn't give a fuck if we, like, upset locals. So that was the mentality we had, you know. And, yeah. And, um, and, but, and the magazines and the surf media were loving it. So, like, yeah. you're the first. If you were to, like, you know, hear about a wave and score it for, like, you know, the first time or around about the first time. You know, you're getting covers of magazines and content on videos and DVDs, and like, um, you know, I was doing my best to try and make it as a, like, you know, following Mark and Kobe's footsteps as, yeah. a, you know, as a big wave surfer, and um, so that whole thing about being the first and trying to get, yeah. the, you know, always want to get the biggest wave of the day or you know, outdo your mates and whatnot, yeah, it was, um, it was running hot, so yeah, it was a lot of fun, mate. When you were talking about taking over those things. You wouldn't imagine the old fucking bodyboarders would put up much of a fight, would they? <laughs> if you just going to stereotype the cunts, it'd be like a wet fart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or how do they? Yeah. They got a bit of go on them, do they? No, we had we had heaps of run-ins with them, and um, yeah, it was like it was. Yeah, the boys at that time, like I said, like it was um, a testosterone-filled environment, and it was we were always just coming hot and heavy, and uh, there's always a bit of a team of the boys, and. Um, yeah, we, I guess it was just that reputation at the time, you know, because there was so much media attention around Maroubra and um, and I guess like the violence and the and the the darker side of it too. We kind of um, mm. yeah just capitalised on that and and just like run-ins. We just yeah no one take a backward step and um, yeah like you know, a lot's changed now. Like I get yeah. on all the bodyboarders and uh, but at that time it was just it was just full ball ahead. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I yeah, said, it was yeah. that fr- hated and proud mentality. Like <laughs> yeah, Kobe, yeah. Kobe used to say, "Is right or uh, was it?" Uh, collide, ride or collide, you know. Yeah. Yeah, ride and collide. So that's uh, that was that that whole kind of yeah mentality was was pretty strong at that time. Yeah. And, and again, with chasing these new ways and wanting to get there and like score and and because these kind of ways were uh, the same ways that the bodyboarders loved as well. They mate, hats off to them. They they found them most of the time. You know, what I mean? yeah. these, the bodyboarders would bloody camp out in a swag for weeks, hitting tuna and rice, just waiting for the right conditions to pop up <laughs> and, and score like they they were, they were hardcore. These guys who used to love. Who, who, you love chasing those waves and yep. getting on the adventure and trying to find them. Um, yeah, so it was, a, it was a wild time. And, yeah, it was plenty of run-ins with the bodyboarders, even like locally, just because, like I said, 
these waves, they loved them, we loved them, and they're always just like, it's not a long point break where you get to have your space, space and like, yeah. you know, get your like, just take off a little easy takeoff and just cruise away. Yeah. Off like, it's a really condensed takeoff zone, so everyone's bumping shoulders and, you know. That so was that before just... the days of the stand-up paddle boarders. What do you think <laughs> yeah. of those cunts? <laughs> do they fit into the whole yeah, they, they ecosystem? Yeah, they in the cyclist bunch as well. Eh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, we've had a laugh about that before. Like, each industry, we sort of, you know, they're a pest or a grub. They're the cyclist of that world. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> now you've got the foilers too, these foilings. The foilers, yeah. Like they, they're common about rabbit. I like it all. Like, it's all evolution. You're a waterman through and through, aren't yeah. you? Yeah. And, like, it's just people who either can't do it, don't want to do it. They just, like, get, get, find, a way to, find a way get to get back out up of against somewhere. it and bag it. Yeah. But, um, and it can be frustrating, too. Like, you know, these fuckwits in every sport Board, or oh, every, yeah. any, like, genre of whatever kind of surfing or, you know, you're doing. But uh, it's just the evolution of, yeah. like, riding yeah. waves, you know what I mean? Sure, so, man. No, and that's yeah. right. Like, we just take the piss out of stuff like that. But it is good. Like, if anyone's out there having a go, it's still better than being cooped up inside. Yeah. and fucking... I say piss too. Like, I still bag them and, like, ride yeah, off. Yeah. You know? But yeah. it's like... it's like a, it's, you know, all about. It's, like, it's an affectionate bagging, you know? Yeah, bro, yeah. for sure. <laughs> When, mate, I, yeah. when I mentioned you're a waterman, you're diving, mate. I don't know if you spoke about it on much podcast, but yeah, big love for diving. Yeah, love it. Oh, like, I always have it, just that love of the ocean. You know? yeah. I was always like, fishing with my dad and my sister as a kid and, and then um, snorkeling. And then as soon as I sort of, you know, um, was introduced to spearfishing, I just, I just loved it too. And again, that was through Kobe because he um, had travelled you know, to all these amazing surf destinations and always took his spear gun. And um, and then when the days were flat at home, this is like, yeah. I still want to be in and around the water. So we just started diving and uh, now I love it. You know, it's just such a... You just go offshore or um, jump in a tinny or a jet ski? Both, or... both yeah. I've got, I got a little boat with some mates. Um, but most of my dives are just rock hops now. I just like, yep. you know, when I've got a spare hour or like, you know... Go down and little, get a cray or... Yeah, what exactly. You... Run. I love trying to get crays. Like, this is probably the time of year they start coming on. and yeah. But just have... Uh, I've got a few dive buddies and we just try and, you know, go for, like, missions and, and uh, get some big kings little or catch whatever. catch and cook. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. But just getting, like like I said, I like I love it for that fact. Just, like, because I love seafood and I love just eating it sustainably and, like, you know... Yeah. Knowing what you, where you're getting it from and... uh, But just... It's just therapy too you go down these like time just stops nothing else like yeah. on land exists anymore and nah. you're just cruising it's in you're in another world and it clears the head you know it's just, it's just yeah i think whether you're surfing or diving or speaking of the ocean the ocean's been such a um yeah like a godsend in that in that regard for me yeah you know? that'd be good as well that you're doing something that is therapeutic and that but also wouldn't that be like training for big wave surfing if you get dunked like having that control and calmness when uh, you're underwater to 100 percent yeah, yeah. Being well, it's, it's a great way of like increasing your lung capacity, you know, because that's what you're doing. You just you're down there trying to hold your, your breath as long as you can, and, yeah. and when you're distracted by fish and doing stuff, and like you know, you, yeah, you push it, and especially if you've got dive buddies who are, you know got your back, you push it pretty hard. And you start to get confidence in being underwater for longer, and yeah. but it, it crosses over to, to mixed martial arts as well. Like I used to always try to like dive as much as I could when I had a fight coming up because one would fill me freezer full of fish and I was just I was you know I was eating pretty much fish and salad to drop yeah, weight. That's right. But um but just you know, it was soft on the body. So like you know after the hard hours in the gym just getting and kicking around in the cool water. Yeah. Made the body feel good and um burn a shitload of calories. Yeah. And uh yeah come in just feeling good and yeah. That's content. awesome so, mate. Yeah it's um Three really yeah. good combos, surfing, oh, fuck, spearing and fighting. That's yeah, it's yeah. unreal. And like I, like I heard a couple of other podcasts you've done, mate, and people are like, oh, you know, it's two totally different things, this um, surfing and the, and the mixed martial arts. But I suppose I was having to think about it. Is it the same, like when you go in that cage and the cage shuts behind you, is it a similar feeling as when you're in front of a massive wave and you go, right, I'm not getting out of this now, let's fucking go? Like, yeah. Is it the same sort of mindset that you have in that situation? 
Yeah, real similar. And the way you, your body reacts to the adrenaline and uh, your heart rate's going through the roof, it's, it's very similar in that regard. Um, yeah. yeah. And the way I kind of approach it too is like I always um, I try to take my brain out and just like switch yeah. it off and not think, just go on like autopilot, you know, and just what you know you're either trained to do or mm. if you're swinging and you're committing to that wave, well, then it's like, yeah, you just, it's just heads down, bum up, and just you go for it, you know, and you sort of um, you just try to be in the moment, in the zone, and just yeah, that's if I, if I overthink things, I, I I never tend to perform as well, you know. Yeah, so, just go with yeah, it. So and similar, trust. similar like that, you know. You get the heart's going and and um, yeah, you just you just yeah, nice. Swing or, or just all bite down the gun shield and yeah. do the best. Eh? <laughs> do you reckon you're surfing and prove from like jujitsu, like ground game and stuff like that? Like, do you reckon or fights? They they help each other for sure. Yeah. But like but when I was training for fights, like the amount of training I was doing, like, I was. It probably didn't help my surfing because I was just I started getting tight and sore and stuff. And then yeah, yeah. it's a funny um, fitness too for surfing. I think I was like fit as a fiddle, you know what I mean? Like in the lead up to a fight, and then I'd go for a surf. I get caught inside by a couple two foot waves. I'd be like blowing buckets, and my oh. shoulders are burning, my ribs are sore from rubbing on my board. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um, but yeah, just generally like keeping fit and keeping flexible is 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 really good for surfing. Yeah. Um. So yeah, jujitsu. Um. And it's, it's huge. Crossover through, like all over the world with like jujitsu guys and surfing. You know, I was I mean, going to say it, that. Like, mate. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of overlap. Yeah. So a lot of uh, really good surfers uh, love their jujitsu and vice versa. A lot of really good jujitsu guys love their surfing. So yeah. Um, yeah. How did um how did that how did it come in for you, mate? The mixed martial arts like tying into your surfing and that being combined. Was there anyone in particular that come to Maroubra and sort of introduced you to it, or how did you actually get involved? Yeah, well, that is, we're just really fortunate. Um, Maroubra's always been a pretty multicultural cultural little little hub and um yep. it was around I guess yeah around the middle late late nineties, you know, turn of the millennium into early two thousands. Um there's a few Brazilian fellas down there and um one of them being Bruno Pano who was a black belt from Brazil under uh Hoyler Gracie. Oh nice and uh, Alex Pratz who was mates with Bruno uh and he Alex Pratz is in the corner of Rob Whitaker still today and um Unreal. you see him in there yelling and screaming. Um and they're yeah, both legend, legendary like jiu-jitsu guys and uh, good friends still today. And um, we, they were just were down the beach and they enjoyed their surfing. And then I think it was Jai Abin and was in the Seals, like the Seals Club down the beach. There's a gym up there and he was like in the gym and, and uh, Alex was there in the gym too. And he's like, Jai's a real friendly bloke and he'll ask, you know, say good day to anyone and whatnot. And he's like, what's, what's up with your ears, mate? What, what's fucking, you know? And like Alex and his broken English was like, oh, jiu-jitsu, blah, blah. And next thing you know, they're rolling around the ground, like, you know. <laughs> uh, Alex is saying, Jai, jiu-jitsu. And he's like, yeah. putting him in his choke holes and Jai's blown away. And he goes, come down, boys, you got to see this bloke, what he did, this jiu-jitsu stuff. Like, you know, he was just putting me to sleep and arm bars and all this stuff. Like, <laughs> like what? Because like, we used to train, we got... Well, I love training, but like boxing was a thing, you know. We always yeah, because yeah, a few strike, boxers yeah. from Ruby. So, uh, this old grappling introduction came down, and um, Alex was like more than happy to show us some more stuff. So, we started training in a mate's garage, uh, bunch. We had like uh, a little cr- old cricket bag full of like half geese, you know, like you know, Alex yeah, nice. brought down and just stunk because we never washed them. Mm. And uh, and Alex started showing us a little bit of jiu-jitsu in, 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 in a mate's bunch, uh, bunch's garage. And then from there, um, Bruno started teaching and, and Alex started teaching uh, under Gracie. And, and um, before long, they were teaching out of Maroubra Surf Club. So it just took <laughs> off like wildfire. And, um, yeah, I, I, I was taken by it and, and loved it. And, and we all started competing pretty much straight away. So, again, it was that there's yeah. like 30 of us who just just jumped in, you know, within the first few weeks. And, um, yeah, loved it. And, and just that's where it all started. That's awesome, mate. Yeah. Did the, like... 
obviously, you know, he watched the doco and stuff like that, and there was a period there where there was a lot of, like, fighting and that, and other sort of mobs coming down, and she was had a bit on. Yeah, yeah. When the jiu-jitsu stuff come in, is it still the stand-up fucking have a bit of a box, or is she the fucking armbar on some cunt? <laughs> like, how? Well, mate, that's the thing, too, because, like, <clears throat> regardless before Jitsi even came on the scene, like, most knuckles always up on the ground anyway. <laughs> yeah, so that's I mean, right, like, yeah. Everyone's trying to stand and box each other's ears off, but they're always on the ground rolling around. So, yeah, um, yeah. yeah now, like, it's, yeah, definitely, like, but that's where you had the advantage over because we're so new to Australia. If you knew what you're doing on your ground, like, you know, 99 times out of 10, the other bloke's not going to, you know? Yeah. It, so, yeah. Um, and you can do it easy. And you're like, you're not going to bust your knuckles up. You're not going to just put them to sleep and walk away. Or, yeah, you can just, there's many ways to sort of skin the cat then. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, uh, but when, like, in saying that, it was, it was still pretty much just, yeah, fisty cuffs. Yeah. You know, yeah. it didn't change too much, but uh, it was more just like, Getting on the drink in the pub with the boys, and we're getting the wrestles. And the boys who weren't doing jujitsu were like, "Fuck, none of that fucking undie wrestling shit." You know what I mean? Like, we'd all start scuffling, and then like you'd, you'd take someone down. And they'll go, oh, "Fucking, next you know, they're the asleep," shit. and they're yeah. like, "Fuck, well, come down, and join the class, boys." Don't like you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah the times you can't so stop sleeping like, on the job. Yeah, yeah. In in amongst uh, just mates, it like, yeah, boys are falling asleep at the pub like for yeah. a long time. <laughs> like, <laughs> when did it turn into mate like something that you were doing because you enjoyed it? into, like, your mixed martial arts career? Like, when you said, right, I actually want to fucking give this a rumble. Um, well, like, as soon as I started doing jiu-jitsu, I, like, um, like Bruno was, like, there's a tournament, it's, like, the New South Wales Federation Cup in a couple of weeks, and he, he was always big as, as Alex, like, yeah, let's compete, boys, let's compete. Regardless of the result, you want to be better for the experience, and we'll go as a team, support each other. So um, we started competing in jiu-jitsu and, and having pretty good results, and I'd always loved my boxing, like, growing up, Kobe's always a fitness fanatic and uh, like he's the boys like Ronnie Reardon was a real good boxer from Maroubra, Kurt Barham. So that, like boxing was a big thing down there just to stay fit. And like I said, I, I love staying fit um, for surfing. Um, so then when I started taking jiu-jitsu serious, started compete and um, and well, I was taking it serious but still like getting on the piss every weekend and carrying on and, and um, you know, not taking it serious enough to like really say, okay, this, I want to make a professional crack at this. That wasn't until I had a couple of fights, a couple of wins, and then um, in my early 20s, and then I got into a bit of mischief um, on the Gold Coast, and I got extradited back up there on these uh, assault charges. And um, That was after the world uh, Mick Fanning's win. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was after Mick Fanning's Well, that 2008? I think a bit earlier, maybe. Maybe, like yeah, 2000, right. Uh, no, you think you'd be right, because I think I had my first fight in 2005, 2006, and... Um, then about 2008, I think, yeah, that's when he, he won and came back. It was a big celebration on the Gold Coast. And I just full of piss, carrying like a goose and got into a blue and um and ended up having to fly back up there to face the music, you know. And, yeah. But that whole experience of going through court and, and I was doing pretty well at uh, like surfing and chasing waves and making a bit of a, uh, a name for myself with big wave surfing. Had some sponsors backing me. And then... um with my mixed martial arts. I think I was two fights, two wins, two yeah. knockouts. And uh, so promoters were keen to get me on their shows and like brands were actually like, you know, trying yeah. to help me out a little bit because I was like a little bit different in, in, in regards like I was sort of getting, in, in the surfing magazines, but also making a little bit of name for them in the, in the, in the mixed martial arts um, yeah. kind of uh, like community as well. And um, But that incident with this, this old charge was the turning point where I was like, oh, this will be taken away pretty quickly. Like, all yeah. these Positive things that were coming from my life in terms of uh, like opportunity from sponsors and being able to like focus more on surfing and and, uh, and training could yeah could all be gone in a flash yeah. because I'm carrying like a goose and getting on the piss and yeah can't handle me my ego my tempo or whatever it may be and uh, yeah. the lifestyle had to change and that's where I thought okay well I want to make the most of these opportunities given to me 
and I, if I don't change my my the, what I'm doing, like it's just yeah, you know, these kind of things. Being in front of a judge is going to become more and more common, and, and that's not. Yeah, Personal people won't be able to get behind you as much if you sort of got these headlines and stuff around. Yeah, the wrong that thing and I, like, it's like just, mate. I know it wasn't making my parents proud. That's not. I like, wasn't, and it wasn't. That's not the way I want to be remembered. You know what I mean? Just being a mug on the piss. Um, yeah. So was it just an argument, or was there you sticking up for someone? That was yeah. a blue. I, I we had an argument in the pub, and I went out the front. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And um, yeah, got got a little dusted, but then yeah, it all it all turned out it'll be a bit of a brawl. Oh yeah, and, yeah. Um, yeah, one of the one of the fellas um. Got a, a bad, badly broken jaw, and I had to go up and, you know, on, and face charges yeah, of grievous yep. bodily harm. Um, but like I said, it was, I like, yeah, I really regret that whole experience. It was like yeah. a real low point in, um, yeah, my like my youth, I guess. But without going through that, I wouldn't have probably learned the lessons I was, I, I, you know, I, I needed. I suppose it's you know? a good like a message, I suppose. What would you say to young fellas? Because I think we've all been there, not in the same scenario, but. When you're single with all your mates hyped up on the piss and you're like, right, oh, let's, you know, she's on or whatever, yeah. similar to maybe going to a rodeo when we were younger thinking, oh, well, we oh, might yeah. get in the blue or we'll see yeah, what happens. Yeah, yeah. It's the only place without a camera, camera you can sort of get stuck in it and see how you go. But yeah. But, yeah. but I know it's sort of a message to those like young fellas who are in that stage of their life now. It's probably wouldn't be worth it for those reasons, mate, eh? Yeah, exactly. And it was so hard to um, teach those lessons to a kid, in, you know, a young fellow. Oh, that's right. You've got to figure age. it out almost. But and it's, sadly. It is. You know, like, you know, you got hormones pumping through your system, you know, full yep. of testosterone. It's all about proving you're a man and whatnot. And that whole idea of what it is to be a man is like he's all been mm. mis kind of guided to. I think you know. So um, yeah, like and bluing is is like it's a part of like many people's life. Like you, yeah. you choose, but like it's hard. It's hard. Like. I'm not saying like you should go out and do it, but like it's, it's going to be unavoidable. It's like everyone should learn how to protect themselves. Like martial oh, arts taught me as well, but yeah. also know like. Yeah, when, when it's not the time worth is it, to and like yeah, away, exactly. Yeah. And we're like, um, so to try and get that message across to young fellas, it, it's a hard one because yeah. um, often, often like, yeah, there's a lot of alcohol involved, and and um, yeah, the message that may have got through to them is quickly forgot. You know, when when things get yeah, off things and, get heated. And um, do you reckon it had something to do with like where you where you grew up and stuff? That happened a fair bit, and it just got sorted out there and dispersed. Do you think going up to Queensland or something like that, where it mightn't have been the same sort of thing that happened or culture and just being on the piss and not thinking where you were and going, oh, this is how we sorted out, going bang. Yeah, it was pretty similar up there on the Gold Coast, to be honest. Yeah, you know what I mean? like right, it yeah. wasn't too much to do. And it was it was, it was so commonplace, you know, like yeah. growing up where we did and seeing it. Um, it wasn't a big thing, you know, just to get in a blue and just nah. like it was just like yeah. every, like every weekend you either you were in one or your mates were in one and, and uh, it was, yeah, you didn't think twice about it. You, know? you didn't think, but think twice about the consequences and yeah. Um, so yeah, so, so the whole experience on the Gold Coast, which yeah, um, end up just getting like things got downgraded. And I, I got a, got out of it relatively um, good in terms of what could have, could have happened now, but yeah. it, was, it was a massive wake up call. But yeah, that, uh, and then from then, like I've never had a stink on the street since because yeah. it's just like yeah, I guess that was the part that, that was a, the moment where I was forced to grow up and and uh, and just realise what it was like, the kind of person I did want to. Be rem- remembered for, like not like yeah. remember for the bloke. Who, yeah, which is a, a well, I suppose it's a it's a good way to for that to happen and to learn from it without too much happening. Like you were still able to travel overseas and do all that stuff, weren't you? Well, you weren't yeah, in that, that period, were you? You had to just well, stay that was invest- like yeah, it was on yeah. the cusp, you know, and that's what was like made me realize Big like, if this for happens, you. like I won't be going to the states, I won't be able to go to Hawaii, you know, like got all these ambitions of training and surfing over there, and um. So yeah, like with charges like that, you're not you're not going to be able to travel as easily, and uh, and just again sponsor opportunities, everything like, 
yeah, just going through it, like I was just on the tools every day to pay for lawyers, and it was just like, yeah, you know, it's shitty, stressful, shitty, shitty existence, you know what I mean? So you got a bit of head noise over that period, mate. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, it was, and just and seeing that the toll was taken on your mum and your dad, and and the Definitely. ones that people who loved you, you know what I mean? It was. Uh, you sort of you realize quickly realize how how really it's really not worth it all that kind of shit and that mm. idea of well, how it affects other tough, people. You know what yeah. I mean? And like you know what I mean? Like and just. Yeah, uh, it was a good like little reflection on myself and and um, things I want to change. You know what I mean? Because yeah. like I said, it was it was all too common back then. Um, but that was like a little like yeah, wake up call. Cool. Like oh, yeah, it's, it's uh, there are consequences and yeah, and um, yeah, they can be they can be pretty hefty. And if you want to do the things you want to achieve in life, that that was not you know, they don't they don't marry up. You know, what I mean, living that lifestyle, getting on the piss, carrying like a goose, yeah. doesn't marry up with like. Yeah, being a professional athlete and trying to uh, make the most opportunities given to you, you know? So. Yeah, for sure. Who dragged you out of that rut? You reckon Mark taking you on that swell sort of through that period? Yeah, absolutely. The back down ship stands, wasn't it? That was yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Mark played a big part. My, 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 another best mate of mine, Macari D'Souza. Yeah, and these are like, without really like pulling me aside and, and lecturing me about, you know, being a goose and whatnot, they, no, were, just... they were just kicking goals in their in their own right, you know, with their own careers and, and – uh, Kind of like here I am, just fucking going through this cork thing, you know, about this assault charge and just work a lot. I just yeah, it's full of just in the dumps, you know what I mean? Mm. Um, and then yeah, so I was they they were like they like they would see me getting the drink and carry on and like fuck, you're gonna do this every weekend, Rich, you know what I mean? But like it was I was like oh well, whatever, you know, sweet sweet, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up, pull up. You now Friday came next week and and it, it all happens again. So that was happening, but then uh yeah, they were just kicking goals and um Marky like after that uh. You know, soul charge. He just like, mate, pack your boards. We're going to Chippy days as well. I was like, ah, oh, and I wasn't keen. I didn't have any money. You know, I was just like, my head wasn't in it. Um, but yeah, he threw me in the he threw me in the car with some boards and took me to Tassie. And it was the best thing for me. You know, we had an amazing surf trip. Um, made me just re recalibrate what I want to do and and realise you know how good things can be. You know, what yeah. I mean? You've and got to appreciate blokes like that in your life too. Good like, mates. Yeah, he, looking he back did that now. several times. You know, would take me on surf trips and not ask for a cent, and just uh, it's awesome. Just get me out of a phone call. Just see me like I think he recognised that little, the little, um, that little pattern I was in. You know, yeah. of um, wanting to like chase waves and do the th- the surfing thing, wanting to have a go at this mar- um, new new mixed martial arts thing was just coming on the scene. But I uh, I couldn't I couldn't say no to the drink either, and I couldn't say no a good time with my mates, which yep. always just led to drama. Like every drama I had was off the night of a, a big night on the piss, piss you know? yeah. So um, yeah, it just made me sort of reprioritize things, you know. And yeah, that, that was unreal because, like I said, from there on, then things are. Things started to kick off a little bit. Yeah, that's a go, man. Yeah. And how did you progress through the MMA scene up to UFC sort of thing? Like, how did that come about to actually get to that point? It was um, it was a slow burn because at the start, like the UFC, it didn't even have my weight class. I was fighting at um sixty two kilos at band and weight, and the lightest I had was like around seventy one was a lightweight. Oh, really? Back so, then, yeah. Yeah, so I was just like loving the sport. You know, it was a newfound passion. I, I like the discipline that it brought on in my life. You know, without mixed martial arts. And something to focus that energy into, and uh, and um, and say no to getting on the piss with my mates. And then my mates started realizing how serious I was taking it. They they sort of, after a little period of like bagging me for not getting on the piss, were like well, with my best supporters, you know. Yeah. So um, yeah, that um, that discipline and that and that all those all those amazing um aspects of, of martial arts 
were just a, a massive godsend as well, you know. And so I started uh, training and, and taking it a little more serious and just fighting on the local shows. And, li and like I said, I, I had a bit of luck because, um, you know, I, the, the wins I was getting were creating a bit of buzz and the fact that I had uh, the Bra Boys documentary had just been out too. So that we had a big buzz about, you know, Maroubra and whatnot and, uh, and, and then... Uh, yeah, being a surfer, kind of like, you know, they were doing shows up on the Gold Coast and, and Noosa. So promoters wanted me on their card, you know what I mean? And, and then yeah. uh, I quickly strung together uh, uh, four fights and I fought for uh, uh, the CFC World Bantamweight title against Gustavo. Uh, it was a massive show in, in, in the Horton Pavilion. Had guys like Hector Longbard on it, James yeah, Tahuna, right. Rob Whitaker fought on that card as well. Yeah, right. And... Uh, yeah, I, I had a five-round battle with uh, Gustavo, but he he outgrappled me and and beat me beat me pretty comfortably. But it was um, a massive like, again, I was proud of my performance because Gustavo was much more experienced than me. I, I, di I didn't think I was ever going to lose that fight. I walked in there with that that young brash kind of like you know I'm just going to knock this bloke out like I have been yeah. doing. Yeah. It. And, uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, he took me to school and um, but uh, I was also like, all right, well if I can if I can last five rounds with this fella, like if I um. Yeah, ramp my game up a bit more again. Um, you know, I, I'm I want to do things with this sport, and and it was around then, like yeah, they were, they were talking about the, the UFC would bring a lot of weight. Um, I was I had a few more fights after Gustavo got two more wins, and I was like six and one. And then um, the Ultimate Fighter House came to Australia, and they were looking for fighters at uh, world of weight, which is like 77 kilos, and, and lightweight, which is again 71 ish. Um, but I just threw my hat in the ring because like, yeah, it was too too good opportunity not to try and uh, have yep. a go at. And, um, yeah, I got in the house. You know, as part of the Team Australia to take on the Poms and the Irish fellas from yeah. uh, like yeah, the mashes. UK. They, 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 they called it the Smashers. That's <laughs> yeah, what they said. Yeah, no, yeah. Like so it was, uh, it was fun. And, and from there, I didn't get the results. I was hoping in the house, but it was a great experience, you know. Yep. I got to the semis. and then, um, But uh, after that, I just left the house and, again, just like – just with that experience and that, yeah, you know, as you fight, your profile as a fighter sort of like it, it grew. Um, mm. I, I jumped on and had a few more fights. I fought on a, a show called Combat Eight, which is a bit of a mixture of like mixed martial arts and boxing. Yeah, it was just in a square cage um, with the with the MMA gloves on, but it was just boxing standing up, and you could take each other down and have it like you had thirty seconds on the ground to try and ground and pound or submit. And uh, yeah. so it was good fun. I, you know, Sounds um, like my thing. That yeah, thing. That'd be, that'd, that's a bit fun. <laughs> Not for me to do, but to watch. Like, uh, just had a cop and a leg kick to the head. <laughs> yeah, but we yeah left that fight black and blue because they ended up just being a boxing match with these little yeah. gloves on. Yeah. But, uh, but got the win and like you know just try to get the ball rolling until the the um, the UFC. I, I did some management at the time. We we're just handing the UFC um, and um, they got in contact with us. So they want they want to take me on as a as a flyweight. So um, I knew I could make flyweight. Like I said, I was in the house as like a lightweight. Most of my fights outside the house were at uh, Bantamweight. I had a few at Featherweight. But the, the opportunity at Flyweight meant I'd get down to 57 kilos, which, yeah, I, I said yes to straight away because I like... You, you were know, thinking, fuck yeah, let's go. Yeah, we'll I'll make it, it happen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, How yeah. was that yeah. weight cut period? It was horrible. Yeah, oh. like worse than I expected. But um, like I made it every time, but it just um, it, it, it overtook... Overwhelmed the whole my training camp, you know, yeah. and, and my mental... Been, my yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. It was all, I was always worried about the number on the scale... I, I felt flat and lethargic for a lot of my fight camp, and um, and by the time fight came around, I was just more interested just getting it done and dusted. So I got to get it, you know, a happy meal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And you would only had like how far is it between weigh in and the fight? Like twenty four hours. Twenty four hours. Yeah. So and sometimes got... it wasn't even like it wasn't even that. Sometimes yeah. it was closer to twenty or eighteen because in Australia 
they would put our shows on like really in the morning sometimes, you know, to accommodate the, the, mm. the time to be aired overseas. So, um, yeah, it was brutal. And of course, like I was walking around 68, 69 kilos, like normally. And then as soon as I started fighting out flyweight, I was blowing out in between fights and I was going 72. So the weight cut got even harder. What was flyweight, the weight? Like 57, 57 kilos. 57, yeah, fucking yeah. hell. So, um, yeah, it was tough. And like, looking back, it was, I don't regret the, the experience, but, um, yeah, it was also it wasn't the right right weight class for me, you know. Sixty two yeah, is a perfect weight where, you know, um, and I'm back to now now like after stopping that crazy weight cut, I'm back to walking around sixty eight kilos. You know, yeah. like, I couldn't get under like seventy two there for ages because yeah, um, I saw a doctor about it. It's like it's called metabolic syndrome or something. It's like basically just yo yo dieting, you know. Yeah. And uh, you know, you have one, two, three fights a year. You're going from seventy two to fifty seven, seventy two <sighs> fifty seven. It's uh, yeah, it knocks you about a little bit, but um. It just took the fun out of it too. I wasn't enjoying training. I yeah. was, uh, yeah. But um, like I said, I, I enjoyed. Like I'm glad I tried and gave yeah. it back. And uh, yeah, oh, for sure, mate. What would you would you be? Because I heard a bit about the um, hydration testing. Mm-hmm. Would you be? Do you reckon that's the right way to go about it? Eventually, like people have to be a certain hydration so they're in their actual weight yeah, classes. Yeah, for sure. I think anything like that. Um, is better for the fighter's health. He's a good move. Yeah. yeah but no. then also, like, it's better for the promotion too because the product's better. The fighter's going to put on a better performance because they're, they're not just coming off their deathbed 24 hours before a fight, you know what I mean, to try and get themselves in some kind of shape, like rehydrate, refuel, yeah. to try and put on the best performance they can. You know, it's like yeah. so crazy to think, like, if you see some fighters backstage before they step on the scales, they're like, they're like, Holding them up. That's yeah, what that comes exactly. at. That last um, one of those last cards. Yeah. There, he just was just like, oh, they're not going to make it. So yeah, and now they they do have like because yeah, you know, weight cutting is a pretty serious thing health wise, and guys yeah. have died doing it. So now they've got you know, doctors in place where if they'll see someone like struggling in the weight cut, the doctor will step in and say, okay, now you're done. We we won't allow you to cut any more weight. Now. And that's what happened to Hamza. Like, yeah. just pull the pin, and then, and then you can't argue. Like, okay, yeah. that's what he was trying to say, wasn't he? Like, yeah, as in, yeah. hey, well, they told me I couldn't. So fucking. Yeah. And I think he probably would have made like he's done it enough, but like. Fighters will put themselves, their body, like through horrible. Well, horrible Khabib used to fucking struggle, didn't he, to yeah. get to weight? Yeah. Like he used to really yeah. struggle with he, it. He was, a, yeah, he always struggled. Um, but it, like talking about that hydration, like that one FC in Asia, and that's one of the biggest promotions in Asia. They they have um like hydration tests, so they'll test you so you can't be below a, a certain hydration point. I don't know exactly how it works, but they they, they really monitor. So everyone fights in that organisation a lot yep. closer to their natural weight class. Yeah. Because um, I've heard Rogan talk a lot about it. He said like, just more weight classes be the go. Yeah, yeah more weight. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, it, um, I mean, the plus side of having that limited weight classes they do in the UFC at the moment is like, there's no confusion over champions. It's pretty like, it's really easy to understand. You know, you've got like, yeah. fly weight, band weight, feather weight, light weight, you know, well, and it's like, whereas boxing, you've got so many different weight classes. Yeah. Oh, it's mate, a bit messy. So you don't want to go all the way that way, yeah. but you want to add a few more would be great. And um, what I yeah. like about the UFC man is that like the best cunts fight the best cunts. Like yeah. as in like she's to work your man. way up and she's like sweet because it's always entertaining fights because yeah. you're like right, I the two best cunts are fighting. Yeah, yeah. You're you're like, yeah you know, some boxing fights where you, you know, you're like you want to see for years and years and years. And they yeah. come out when both guys are like out of their prime or whatnot. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah, it is good the UFC kind of. Can dictate, you know, who's to fight. There is a little bit of politics involved, but yeah. yeah you do what was your experience when you first started fighting in the UFC with that sort of thing? Like, was it, mate? I, I just want to say yes to fight. So, yeah. like, yeah, there wasn't yeah. too much back and forth. I was just trying to make my way up in the rankings, and uh, yeah, whoever they threw my way, I, I just said yes to. And um, yeah, 
that was that was basically it. Because you and fought on a big card in Australia, didn't you? Yeah, I fought on the uh, the Ronda Rousey card. Yeah, yeah that's nice. sick. Yeah. That would have been a fucking experience, wouldn't it? That was wild. Yeah, walking at, it was Etihad Stadium, like like six thousand people, and um, <laughs> yeah, it was wild. It was yeah, a little different to fighting RSLs and stuff. <laughs> I was used to like they could hear you know, people, you feel people breathe on you. The other side yeah, there, like yeah. it was just the arena and the, the the magnitude of it was so huge, you know. And, uh, yeah, yeah, that was a real. Did you ever meet Dana? Was, you met Dana a few times. Yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah, he kind of he's got that presence where you kind of like feel like he's sitting in front of the principal, you know. Like, yeah. like he's got <laughs> that aura yeah. about him. You know? Yeah, but we we met him on the when we were in the house. You know, he came and introduced us. In it's the like house a tennis series, yeah. Yeah, and then whatever, every at every event, you know, you'd see him and yeah. But um, yeah, he, he was a uh, yeah a pretty cool character and. Love him or hate him, he's done a lot for the sport, and you know. Oh, great. mate, you got to respect him, I reckon. Yeah, but um, yeah, it was a, it was a it was a real, real cool experience, especially that that big showdown in Melbourne, and then uh, yeah, but I wasn't uh, not missing getting back down fifty seven. Yeah, uh, after sure. the UFC, I was pretty happy to go back up there and wait and and then, uh, yeah, enjoy that. When you were doing, when you were full on in the UFC and stuff. Were you still big wave surfing or was that like a, a time where you laid back on the surfing, you know, as like a health risk to getting hurt for your fights or whatever or what? Yeah, yeah. well, like that was, I mean, the fighting the UFC was priority then. So I, I was mm. trying to be like aware of that and I, I did want to injure myself doing something. And, and even like um, in my contract, they put something in like to do like extracurricular activities kind of thing that were risky, you know what I mean? Like they didn't want you doing it. Yeah. So if I was to like go surfing and, and like bust my shoulder, or then um, yeah, they wouldn't be real happy, you know. What I mean, they can tear up your contract. You know, there's all these, there's like a phone book, the contract. Yeah, you had to go through. But yeah. um, but I also wanted to want to make the most of that opportunity, and and uh, I was still surfing as much as I could because like it was such a great escape from the gym and the the, yeah. the, the fight life that you live in the lead up to fights. Um, but yeah, I wasn't chasing as hard as you know. I wasn't really yeah putting myself in too much danger in the ocean. Mm. Um, Especially in the left of fights, so in between fights, I would, you know, like I would like because I had nothing like in the immediate future. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the the fighting was my was my number one priority then. So I try to keep the the body intact yeah, as much. Sure. It, was, it was copping a beating just from the training, you know, enough. So which one uh, gets you going more? Like, is in fucking adrenaline just ready to go? Yeah. Like, is it fighting or surfing? <clears throat> Mate, it's it's, it's a. It's, mate, it's pretty hardcore. Like, yeah. like, like being in like place like Dan Tassie or the right in oh, WA, you're in the middle of nowhere, and like they're just not the, just you feel just so insignificant. You know what I mean? Because like oh, Mother Nature would. is just like it just it doesn't give a fuck. And if you like <laughs> you fall on one out there, or you know, you know there's some big fish around, or whatever, like it's so much more of a dangerous environment. You know, it's so much yeah. more unforgiving. And, and being in the you know in the octagon and and finding another bloke who's been training for months to cave your head in is is pretty intimidating as well but like end of the day you got doctors all around the, the octagon yeah. you got a ref there's gonna stop it if you, you know if, if you if you can't intelligently protect yourself they say and, and then again mm. if, you, if you know you get caught in, a, in an armbar you can tap and you you go home in one piece or yeah. in the ocean things go pear-shaped you know you're yeah, you're fucked. 20 right? foot face behind yeah. you and a four and a half meter great white at below you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a good way yeah. to segue into that actually too bro like the sharks and they're getting bombed off waves hard like I love the idea of spearfishing and, and stuff like that and surfing sounds awesome, but I fucking am petrified of sharks. Like, as in, you would have seen a fair few or, like, around this area, man, bumped into a few or what? Mate, I have. I've been pretty fortunate not to bump any of the ones that, you you know, you don't really want to bump into. Like, yeah. I've seen plenty of sharks, but I haven't I haven't had too many experiences with, with white pointers uh, or, that, or bull sharks. Yeah, they're kind of the two around here and around. I was generally, you know, they're going to do the damage. Mm. Um but yeah, I've been chased in down in South Australia. Um, yeah. 
by we. <laughs> pretty sure it was a white. I wasn't, I wasn't sticking around to ask for his uh, ID, but <laughs> yeah. it, was a, it was a huge black submarine, a, a breach in front of us. Um, and then over in the right as well in WA, there's, there was some pretty uh, pretty scary scenes in, in the lineup. And, and spearfishing, I've, again, I, like, I've been pretty fortunate not to have been hassled by anything, but then yeah. it was only like a year ago that you know, I was swimming, got taken off like Little Bay. Yeah. Where I, you know, grew up yeah. And I spearfish that spot all the time. Um, and, you know, the, I wish I never saw that footage because it, yeah, I'd put it, the wind up, you wouldn't it? Yeah, oh, it does. And now there's little thoughts creeping in your head. Of the, of the um, always when you're out there by yourself or something, yeah, you have those little flashbacks. And yeah, yeah, that like seeing all that, like it, it, um, it was a little too close to home. So that, that's yeah, pretty spooky. Uh, I've always been scared of sharks. So like it's yeah, but you kind of like manage it, you know. And like, yeah, the more yeah. time you spend in the ocean, it's just that exposure therapy, you know. I mean, the more like it, I would just. Like, just becomes one of yeah, those things. Like, and I'll just tell myself dumb odd, like dumb stats about you. You got more chance of dying from a falling coconut or something, or you know, yeah. or like just like well, the last time someone got, you know, attacked yeah. by a shark and or killed, it's like, like it was all these like. So I was like, oh, yeah, you got more chance to win the lottery. You know, I've been underwater, yeah. you know, with a dead fish hanging off my hip, thinking, yeah, you got more chance to win the lottery. You know, just yeah. repeat yeah. these yeah. shit. Right. Just, just keep just, swimming. Yeah, yeah. I hate those bull sharks because they're territorial. They'll come up for a test bite first. Yeah. yeah. Well, they reckon that's what the whites do as well. Like, oh, true. Yeah. Especially the juveniles. You know, like those things are fucking actual monsters that like exist. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like, they are fucking dinosaurs, aliens, whatever you want. Like they're just, you know. There's heaps that kind of stuff on the water too, mm. which is like mostly are pretty friendly, but big white pointers there. Yeah, they're, they're wild. And, and a lot of them can just be like a little investigation bite, but they'll take your leg off and that's all it yeah. means, you know. Yeah. So. And I suppose, like you say, like you can train with the jiu-jitsu and that, right, and be able to handle yourself against most population of blokes and stuff like that. Yeah. When you're in the water against a great white man, you can know the most fucking jiu-jitsu you can you're getting chomped. Yeah. Like as in, if well, they, they reckon, too, like the it. one that's the one you, you, you don't see it coming. That's like right. It, like, it, like it's just been suzzing you out and, and uh, all right, it's made a choice that yep. we'll go and, yeah, so... Yeah, nah, not much. You know, rear naked choke or big white. I poke, but it's it. Yeah, but both like, yeah, both going back to like surfing and fighting. They're both, um, yeah, both get their adrenaline up. You know, yeah. and just both get their heads and the neck standing up. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's a, it's a strange one to walk in the cage and that. Uh, that um, yeah, it's a strange environment to walk in. You know, I mean, I've probably got more, always been more comfortable in around the ocean because I've grown up there and I've done it since I was a kid. You know, but yep. that uh, that experience of being locked inside a cage and uh, yeah. everyone staring. You know, it's like the lights. Bit of a foreign that, 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 thing. Yeah, the, the, it's just uh, that uh, that took a while to get used to. You know, experience helped, but it also like it, experience also um, it's a double edged sword as well because when you go in there, you need the result you you hope. You know, yeah, you can uh, like that that invisibility sort of concept kind of fades and then yeah. you sort of start. Yeah, so yeah, it was uh, it was good fun. Because it's such a long build up too, isn't it, mate? Like as in for your fight camp and everything, and like going to bomb, or you might get bombed off a wave, and you could paddle back out and and nail one, could yeah. you? Or like where a fight thing, it's like all this build up for this one chance, and then you might not perform like you want, and then you go fuck. Yeah, exactly. That's that's, to... that's that's probably the biggest, or the hardest part about it, and the biggest difference definitely, like you know. Being like big waves, you sort of like you don't really know you're going to be out there until like a day or two out, you know, because yep. you're watching the forecast watching the, and maybe yeah. like, I go now, like two days out, okay, let's go, this, we're going to go to ship turns or something. And you don't have that that two months, three months of just like going over in your head, like you know, the pros, the cons, and just it's exhausting, you know. Would be. And, um, and the weight cut, like you said, yeah, on top. Yeah, and that, that played around with your like, it plays around with your hormones, but also like your, your mental state too. Like I was like getting real, like, 
doubts about everything, you know what I mean? Like, they, it just zaps your confidence and you know, you're always hungry and you're always, like, feeling flat and lethargic. You're like, oh, I don't want to fucking fight. Oh, this cunt's good, fuck. He's, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. he's fucking hits hard. And then, like, yeah, he's got all these voices <laughs> no, in no. your head, yeah. you know what I mean? Yep. And uh, and you got like two or three months of that sometimes, so it's like it's exhausting. The time it comes around, sometimes you just, you're, you're zapped, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we surf and like you sometimes it's like it's just like ripping off a bandaid, right? We're out here and like oh, you know, let's go. And the adrenaline's pumping, like yeah, you're pretty psyched. It's like yeah. you just you know when you when you see waves do what they do, you like you're just like whoa, I just want to you know, barrel in front of you and spit its guts out and the noise and the sand, like you just want to jump in and be amongst it, you know? What I mean, and mm. get that wave. Um, Mate, like yeah. like going back to before it was saying the dangers of the surfing, like you said, I remember watching that doco and that hole in your neck from <laughs> right. when that was fucking hectic. Yeah. The board just stabbed you, did it? Like, where did Mate, that happen? Just super unlucky. That was yeah, at yeah, ours. Yeah. I was just rolling yeah. around underwater. It's like real shallow then. It's real turbulent. And, um, and I was just bouncing around. I knew my board was real close to me somewhere because there was no tension on my leg rope. You know, like when you're falling, you can you know you're like your board's getting pulled. Like, oh, you, know, yeah. like, you know that your board's a fair way away. But I knew I had none of that. So I knew my board's close. And then your board's like this little foam kind of blade, you know what I mean? And um, and it wants to shoot to the surface. And um, that's what happened. Like I was just trying to get the surface myself and my board just came up nose first darting to the surface and caught me under the under the throat and um oh. and it just felt like someone just gave me a good uppercut you know and I didn't know it punched like made a hole and um yeah I just sort of got to the, the um got to the channel and I was like oh fuck that got me good I was like checking my teeth because I was like smashed my teeth a little bit and I was just like oh and I'm gonna just put my hand inside my steamer and just felt one of my fingers going to my neck and I was oh. like oh fuck <laughs> so no blood out of my head I was like probably should go in and see what this is about you know and um but it, it didn't like the hurt. The the cut itself didn't hurt. Just it was just like an impact. You know so what I mean? Must have been a lucky lucky spot where it hit you, mate. Yeah, like, and I so I got on the cl- back climb back up the cliffs and was just showing me mates on the cliff like laughing about it because like I wasn't in any pain. You know what I mean? And then I like, like tilted my head back and I opened up. They were they went white and I was like fuck that that that's what I was like oh well, how bad is it you know? So there's no said, breathing dramas at all. You just nothing. had to literally the gas. And I was laughing because because I was like I, was, I felt fine. I was like yeah sweet. The boys are laughing about how bad it looked. Like mate, get in the car and get a Aussie now you know. And um, I just went to like a local GP like a, the local you know, medical center <laughs> and uh, and I showed him and he goes mate mate I wouldn't be laughing if I you if. if what hit you underneath the chin was anything sharper than the nose of your board. Like you would not have left the water because it was right next to my carotid artery. Oh. And he, he said, yeah, he's like, you, would, you wouldn't have got out of the water. I was like, that's when I went white. Stop laughing, stop showing off. Yeah, yeah. Just, oh, yeah, yeah. That's just low yeah, blessings. Yeah, yeah. I suppose you see that, that stabbing that happened on the Gold Coast a while ago. Did you see the footage of that? Like, yeah. Brisbane. Dude. Yeah, just like oh Brisbane, sorry, yeah, yeah. Fortitude Valley. That, yeah, they're walking fuck. towards each other. But they come in from the side, and bro, then I suppose yeah. that surfboard of it was in the wrong spot. That's well, how quick. That's how quick it can be. Yeah, fucking like twenty seconds. That bloke's bled out, eh? And Boom, you just go, just holy fuck. Yeah, he's dead. Nothing. Yeah, exactly. Nothing you can do. But yeah, I remember watching that going. Jeez, that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty wild. I was uh, yeah, I was I was, I was putting me place when I got back in that doctor surgery. I tell you, he, yeah. uh, he was like. Yeah, I wouldn't be laughing, buddy. Is that the worst sort of injury you've had getting getting wiped out? You reckon? That was um, it was until like two years ago. You know, like I was just was surfing hours again and um, over at Cape Salander, and it was kind of August, I think twenty twenty maybe, and it was just sort of like the last. We had like a really good winter that that year, and uh, heaps of big swells, and it was late August, and it was um, yeah, the swell picked up heaps at Arva, and it was, it was late in the day, and uh, I was out there with my mate Josh Koo, and uh, we had a hell day because. Um, yeah, the swell jacked in the arbor, and, and no one had put their ski in. So we're the only guys out there with a ski, and they've got boys are paddling it, but um, no one could paddle the big ones, and it just kept on getting bigger and bigger. And uh, from about sort of 
three in the arvo till about six till about dark. It went from about four foot to like you know, eight to twelve foot, and Two. and uh, we were just having a ball because we just had like pick of the bunch, you know. Me and Josh was down, the confidence was high. We we're getting some really good waves, and uh, and uh, it was getting dark. So like, one more, and we we're both being gentlemen, going, "No, you get the last one. No, you get the last one." So I was like, "Fuck, all right, I'll uh, I'll get the last one," and and just got crushed, you know. And uh, the lip landed on my shoulder, and the impact of the lip just yeah blew my shoulder apart, and oh. uh, that that was like the longest. Injury or the worst injury I've had by far, you know. Like I've still got a bit of frozen shoulder, and um, yeah, when when the, when, the, when the wave initially like landed on me, it um, I thought I lost my teeth because the impact was like again like a, like a made me slam my, my mouth shut, and I'm rolling around on the water thinking, oh, what took me teeth, and and then I try to swim to the surface, and I realised I couldn't use my arm, and oh, okay, I've I've done something to my shoulder, and yeah, it's a, it a pretty um pretty tough jet ski back into the into Botany Bay where it was freezing cold, it was dark, and I was just trying to hold on with one hand and. Fuck. And then I then had to go under the knife. Like I was pretty, I just clapped my left shoulder before in a very in a pretty similar circumstance. Mm. And uh, but it went back in, and it was like you know a bit of rehab was pretty good. So I was hoping the same for this. And then I um I got the scans and I went and saw his doctor Wade Harper, who's a surfer, and he's he's helped me out before with injuries. And um he helped Mark Marky Matthews had a real bad injury at Jaws, um over in Hawaii. They called it a shoulder explosion. It's where like everything in your shoulders like you, you like just yeah. all the ligaments, everything's done, no tendons, everything has to be sewn back together. And uh. He was looking at the scans. He started smirking. He goes, "Mate, this reminds me of Marky's shoulder, mate." And I was like, "Oh no!" Nah. Like the, 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 the last thing I wanted to hear. Yeah. But, um, that was the first time I had to go under the knife like properly for a big recovery. You know, where it's like it's been over two years now, and I'm still still doing the rehab, still trying to get the range back, still trying to get strength in it. Yeah. It'd be so, frustrating for you that sort of thing too, wouldn't it? Like, as in, especially the stuff you enjoy doing, like surfing and like fighting and training and stuff like that. Everyday work. Yeah, yeah well, working. You know, like just getting carpet off the, my ute. I've only just started doing that properly again now. Like it's just, yeah. so it's just you know, like that range. Like, like, like I'm feeling like it's much stronger now. And I'm getting back to doing jiu-jitsu and, yep. you know, like tr- rolling where I'm not really thinking about it too much. And I, and I can spar and hit the heavy bag pretty pretty um, sweet without worrying about too much and surfing. I sort of surfed a couple of months ago in some waves, a bit of consequence and like um, it was a little bit of a like, you know, I had a bit of head noise about it, but what if I fall and I don't want to do that injury again? Like you know, I was just sort of reliving the experience of doing it in the first place and yeah. it, it, I fell and it, I had a couple of bad wipeouts but it felt fine. So that was like got the monkey off the back a little bit there and I can sort of chase big waves again but um yeah yeah it's just a long process now just the idea of like if i was to do it again like fuck yeah yeah and because it's a a totally different surgery if you fuck the shoulder again because it's all it's all just tied up together now like anchors and like pretty much fishing line you know Mm. so and like you got like the missus and have you got a daughter i've got a daughter yeah yeah yeah, so i suppose it's one of those things that back in the day when it's just you it's just like fuck it let's make it happen but i suppose when you got when you got people relying on you to be the provider it's like i can't it's it's weighing up that risk well yeah uh, like surfing and and fighting especially is a very selfish sport and it it needs to be you know what i mean it's got to be about you and your preparation Mm. making sure that you're you know you're tip top on the on the on the on the you know on fight day but um yeah now when you have a child and you you got mortgages and whatnot if it's uh yeah, like you know, like you know, you got different priorities, you know, and that that was a full um, yeah eye opener. Like okay, I got to start re- you know, reassessing risk a little bit different and and um, be a bit more calculated, you know, because I, I was I was always like that. Like fuck, if I hurt myself, I'd sit on the couch for a couple of weeks. So who gets the fuck, you know? I can pay rent, yeah. whatever, and just it was like yeah, I didn't really care too much, you know. And I think in doing that, you kind of don't get injured <laughs> in a way. Like, yeah. that balls to the walk on it, you, you don't hesitate. Yeah. I, I had a real good run. Of, like, you know, I, little, I did have injuries and like niggles and stuff, but nothing too bad, you know. Mm. And, um, and no hesit- like you said, no hesitation. Yeah. Like, one of our mates is no longer with us, old Filthy. He used to be 
um, used to go bull catching heaps, and because he was such a mad cunt, that and you used to just fly safe. in there, mate. No, yeah, she's <laughs> yeah. the proper bull like catching. arm come down on the side of the thing next the to him. Forty five, crazy. He, yeah. He'd chase him down on a two wheel motorbike until they were fucked, throw it, jump out, grab it by the leg, fucking throw these bulls and then tie them like big bulls, like scrub yeah. bulls. And he was that good at it because he had no fear at all and just fucking ripped in. But yeah. it's one of those things, like he said, if you hesitate or something, yeah, yeah. you give it that opportunity to fuck up. And I suppose it's probably the same thing with everything like the extreme sports and that that you do. For sure, for sure. And that's why I say like like when, in, you know, when I'd walk in the cage, I'd like, I don't want to think too much, you know. I mean, I want to go on autopilot and cut that hesitation out, and just all that training come to the forefront, you know, like just mm. the instinct reactions and just yeah, just getting the flow of things, and just that's that's why I I, I train so hard and put so many hours in the gym is like because now the time like you know you're just gonna go on it go on autopilot, just hit that flow mode, you know, yeah, and try and make yeah. it happen. It's the same with surfing too. Like when you swing and you let go of the rope into a big wave, I want to be like a uh, cackling too much and just you just want to try and pick the right line and just just do what feels best in, the, in that moment you know yeah yeah and, and yeah hesitation is a killer for sure with the with the fighting if you could pick a perfect fight that just suits what you want to do is she the stand up and just go the knuckle with the cunt or do you enjoy more the grappling and getting into it well mate um yeah like i said i've experienced a few different like i, I made my pro boxing debut too a couple of years ago like just before nice. i did my shoulder and that was real good fun i enjoyed that and um, I got the win. I was hoping to maybe jump in, not make a career out of it, but just like I just enjoyed the training. I enjoyed like the challenge. Yeah. Um, but when I first started doing mixed martial arts, because I just started doing this jujitsu thing, was so like it was so fresh to Australian sh- Australian shores. I, I wanted to take people down, you know, and yeah. like, because I, that's where I felt I had the advantage. But my first couple of fights, I won by knockout. I was like totally surprised, you know. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. I was like, oh, I want to knock guys out. And then I like, yeah, I didn't get any more knockouts after that, but I got heaps of subs. So <laughs> yeah, right, it was. Um, that's like going into an open morning, just seeing what happens yeah, as you go. If it goes yeah. to the ground, good stuff. But if not, yeah. let's go. But that yeah. um, that combat eight fight was, was a pretty fun one, you know, like because it was it had just been boxing. I always like boxing from the get go. Was always like a real passion of mine. Um, and then, like I said. Uh, yeah, learned jiu-jitsu and, and felt like I had the jump on on a lot of MMA guys here, you know, yeah. especially in my weight class, you know, in that early 2000 period. Um, my game plan was often to take him down, but sometimes you get punched in the nose and you forget yeah. about your game plan and you just yeah. close your eyes <laughs> and swing for the fences. So, yeah. so who made that? Who said that quote, everyone's got a plan? Mike Tyson, was it? Everyone's got a plan until you get punched in the face. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah it's very true. Yeah. <laughs> Would you get around the bare knuckle? Do you Have you seen much of that? I have, I have. She's That's growing. fucking loose, Mate, isn't it? You know what? Um, I love mixed martial arts. Like I, I do love all like the, the intricacies of it and the, the you know, different techniques to each you know component of mixed martial yeah. arts. And I like I basically broke my training down you know to wrestling, like Muay Thai, kickboxing, boxing, jiu jitsu. But there's all those traditional martial arts too, like karate and all those kind of things that you can yeah. implement as well. Taekwondo, um, man, it's just endless. You know, I mean that's why I love it. So it was, it was always different. My training week was had so many. I was never repetitive, um, and the. The bare knuckle boxing, like it, um, like I said, it, like it's, it reminds me very much of the combat eight rules. You know what I mean? Which is pretty much just boxing with the little gloves on. But um, after having that that uh, that pro boxing fight I had, sort of at the end of my mixed martial arts career, I was just like I started thinking more about head trauma and like you know, so I was yeah. constantly sparring and like you know, I was starting to think about my daughter and like and I don't want to be like just a slurring mess, you know what I'm like. So I started like yeah. just thinking that a bit more. So it's a great spectacle, you know what I mean? I had some boys who want to jump in and do it. But yeah. man, if there's a, you probably asked me when I was 21, I'll be all over it. Yeah, but now I'm just yeah. like, I like my lifestyle now. I like, yeah, I do, uh, 
I think I've I've been pretty lucky in, in doing a lot of dumb stuff in my life, and now I'm, I'm, I like I like the simple things, mate. Just being have a conversation well, with my daughter and, and like eat eat food without using a straw for everything, huh? And <laughs> sort of be look back at what you have done and some of the shit that had the potential to really fuck you up. Get through it and go, how cool is that? Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah I don't. I still love living that lifestyle of, you know, like yep. chasing big waves and diving and doing stuff that, you know, gets the heart racing. But, um, yeah, like I like I said, when, I think once you become a parent and, uh, yeah, you sort of, you don't take the mick anymore, you know what I mean? Like I've yeah. had a pretty good run and like, I don't want to keep pushing it too much with yeah. doing dumb shit. If, if you're going to go do something like that, you'll have a bit of a think about where it is or if it's worth doing sort of thing. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. a little bit more calculated, but, yeah, there's... Still playing dumb stuff. Yeah. <laughs> left yeah. in me, left yeah. in me for sure. But that's right, mate. Yeah. What about um the boys that you sort of went through with, like bra boys that you grew up with, you know, like, and you had all those fun times with? Do you still keep in contact with those lads? And are you still involved with the community down at the beach? And like, how's all that going, mate? Yeah, mate, for sure. They're still my closest mates still today, you know. Um, yeah. And I'm so fortunate, and I'm so grateful for that because. Uh, I think it's pretty rare. Like I'll, I'll, I've come to the realization it's pretty rare. Like just when I go to other environments and uh, you know some work function or whatever, or you go to a, you know some party and you meet new people and you, they they know each other through work or something, or yeah. they met in uni. You know what I mean? But I'm there with my mates who I met when I was ten. You know, board riders or whatnot. I've been known from nippers and we're still hanging out. So I think having that mateship that spans like you know close to thirty years is something pretty unique and, and um, care, something mate. to really appreciate and to be thankful for and. And um, my mates, a lot of my closest mates have moved around. Some are in Queensland now, up and down the coast. Yeah. Um, a lot are still at home. But, yeah, still my, still my, my tightest bunch of mates for sure. And, um, yeah, I was, I was living down right down North Maroubra up until you know, two months ago. And I've just moved like 500 metres up the road. But still always down there. And, yeah, doing what I can with the community and helping out with uh, the local gyms. I'm, I'm coaching tonight at, at Botany uh, Gracie. Yeah. Helping yep. out the Nogi. So, um, yeah, mate, I, I'm proud as punch still to be from Maroubra and call myself a bra boy and, yeah, all still there, my, my best mates, and uh, like I said, I, like I, I made a mind at the moment is uh, his his mum's going through a bit of a, uh, a tough battle with cancer, and we just reflected on like our mum's been there for each other and hanging out, and obviously me being there for him, and, and like he's always been there for me in tough times, and just saying how like how much we appreciate that with each other, you know, like, we yeah. just open up and say anything about whatever's going on in life, you know, and uh, mm. and and uh, just know that it's just going to be it's just going to be taken on board in a safe place, and just. Yeah, no judgment, whatever. It's just that bond's pretty thick, you know. Oh, so that's fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty, it's a pretty special thing that not everyone gets to experience having someone that close yeah. to be able to, or a group that's that close, mate, to be able to just fucking feel so comfortable with that you can literally just get whatever it is off your chest. Yeah, eh? exactly. Especially now, you know, you get in a stage of life where like we're all like got family and men, uh, like you know, forty year old men, thirty five. You get these other stresses and about you know, battles with depression and, and uh, just general life throws those curveballs at you know divorce, children things like you know old pa- your parents getting old and stuff yeah, and sit, uh, yeah. being able to sit there and just openly like talk about all your dramas is is uh, is pretty lucky. You know? I think those men's group are uh, they're they're a thing that we've always done you know for all throughout history like you know this um it's been a part of our human kind of evolution of like bonding when women have their, their like you know time and men have their time yeah. and I think uh, it gets a bit lost now you know the that we can just open up in front of each other, you know, as men, because it's, yeah, uh, that's right. The stigma and the, you know, you, but um, yeah, like I said, I just I my mate brought it to my attention the other day, like we're at some party and like he says, man, everyone I've met here, like they're all the same age. They've only known their mates for like you know five or ten years at, mo- at most, you know what I mean? Yeah. And we're looking around each other like we want answers as well, like before we're teenagers and like <laughs> yeah. fuck, that's, yeah, it's pretty lucky. Like that was like yes, yeah, so and you just assume that everyone does have that 
network around them of, of close mates that you've been together since you were kids, but it's, yeah. it's not. It's, I think it's kind of rare. And yeah, so, mate, yeah, I am for still very grateful to, to be down the beach and have those mates there. And like I said, a lot of have moved away now and like live all around yeah. Australia, but you know, I can always just pick up a phone call and we always make time to catch up on, do things together, you know, like yeah. going down to Melbourne, the wave pool in a, in a, in a couple uh, a couple of weeks for a mate's 40th. So, oh, yeah, that's unreal. Was from, it like, Urban, Urban Surf? surf yeah, yeah, that so looks prime. Got mates coming from Queensland, South Australia, like that's all over just mate. to, you know, so it's, yeah. I suppose it's good too, you being here, <clears throat> for those young fellas in the community down the beach there or whatever, you can, like, get involved with them and sort of, I suppose the way the world's going nowadays, you can still keep that old school mentality with them, but share some of your life experiences, mate, to be like, you know, this is just yeah. remember these sort of having morals, I suppose, is the biggest thing I reckon for myself personally is keeping those morals through your life. You don't have to be clean cut or whatever. Yeah. yeah. You know, just teaching the young fellas some of the things that you've learned, mate, over your life. Exactly. You know? And I think, oh, yeah, hit the, the nail on the head, you know, like morals and values and just, um, yeah, they, they, they sort of, don't know what it is. As you get older, sometimes you think they're not as uh, as important to the to the generations below yeah. you. But uh, they 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 get you a long way in life. That's for sure. You know. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm more than happy to sit down and, and talk to young fellas and not not preach or, or be a narc, but just talk yeah. from my experience. You know, what I did wrong and what I could avoid if I could have my time again. What I'd avoid and how I'd do things differently. You know. But like we said at the start of the podcast, it's like sometimes they just have to walk that road to learn oh, a lesson. Exactly you know, right. And that's like you're never going to like eradicate young blokes having knuckles. You no, know? Mate. You're it's never going to like get on the piss and doing dumb things. I rebel sometimes as well against yeah. like that's why it's good for someone like yourself to maybe have a chat to them because they see what you've done in your life and they yeah. go, oh, righto. Where sometimes you might get the old teacher at school telling them something and all the boys are going, fuck up. Yeah, that's right. But uh, yeah. yeah, and well, I've been lucky enough to be part of some things like the PCYC. I was doing some work with them and we actually started a gym down the beach back in the day behind oh, the nice. surf which is like a makeshift gym and um, the PCYC got on board with that, and um, my mate Wade from uh, Shack U Services helped out, and then a mate of mine, Lewis Regis, who has SRG Muay Thai kickboxing at, uh, yep. at Alexandria, heard about it. He goes, mate, let's bring it to the, our gym. We'll do, you know, pro, set, up a, set up a proper program, and the PCYC jumped on board and brought all these like, kids who were who were having their struggles. And like, So that kind of stuff's unreal, you know, and I love doing that kind of stuff yeah. where I can. It's just uh, just seeing what, like, a positive influence just like like martial arts can bring to a kid's life you know what i mean and change their whole behavior and yeah you know, that's awesome mate it was copping flack that uh that people say why are you, these kids are getting in trouble for fighting and then you know they're they're rough nuts and they're always in trouble and you're going to teach them how to fight but like they just don't understand the the, the concept of martial arts and all the beautiful fucking like uh like teachings it brings you know what i mean and the the i guess the philosophies behind it um before long, we you know parents are coming down to us and telling us how much you know, they're stoked their kids involved in this program. Cause yeah, it's, it's take the it'd take the shit out of them, wouldn't it? Like that train, and they get to blow off the steam. Yeah, you think right. of a good workout, how good you feel afterwards, and you yeah. feel humbled that you got achieved and you've done something well, for the that's day. It, and humbled also too. Like we'll bring these like sixteen-year-old fellas in, or twelve-year-olds, fifteen, sixteen. They'll come in their chest puffed out. Yep. You know what I mean? Or you know, just full of bravado, and they'll pair up with like a forty-kilo Sheila who's a hairdresser and should punch the shit out of them. You know, yeah. there's like a home. For you, buddy. Yeah, there's like, oh, and then you know, you all shake and bow and we shake hands at the end of each session. So you yep. can get your instructors there too, and it's all like respectful and like it just changes their little, like their way of thinking a little bit, you know what I mean? Mm. And uh, and um, and some of them really like enjoyed it. They took on and they started having amateur fights. So um, yeah, so it's a great humbling experience and just uh, a bit of an eye opener. And and, and then if they, you know, every young fella's got that abundance of energy and wanting to do stuff. If you don't have a positive outlet, you find yourself on the street doing silly things, you know. Yeah. So if you can find a gym with a great instructor and a, a great you know team of training partners, 
well, there's, yeah, you're going to put yeah. energy into something positive. Well, I suppose it's good even for parents who might be listening or young fellas, if you don't know what you're doing, you've got a bit of built-up shit in you, like, is it pretty easy to go and give it a go? Like most yeah, gyms sure. and that pretty opening to new Mate, people. And they've all got, like, programs for beginners or, or kids, if, you know, if they're, like, you know, under 12 or 15 and stuff. Uh, and whatever whatever martial art is, jiu-jitsu, Muay Thai, boxing, um, you know, and then... Hopefully the gym's got a really good culture and environment with some good instructors. And they're like, yeah, you can – not only can they go there for the physical aspect, but they can also talk to, like, an instructor. They might be dealing with something that they got no one else to really open up to, you know what I mean? And the instructor could be that person where they can just have a chat and, you know, get a different point of view on something or just let off some steam, you know, because maybe that, that, that boy, girl, adult may not have that opportunity, you know, within the household to yeah. have that kind of conversation, yeah. Mate, you say – you just mentioned the girl then – how much has fucking women's mixed martial arts, bud, just fucking, like, I'll sit there happily now and watch multiple fights and be like, this is sick. Yeah. Like, that meatball Molly, but just spinning elbow and bitches. Like, fucking. It's wild, eh? Some Man and unions. They're getting, just they're getting me. so much better. Such a short period of time, too. Yeah, yeah. like, as in, a few years ago, even, like, I'll go back to women's rugby league, even. Like, as in, a few years ago, it was like the chick at school with a touch that had run the ball up and just fling it in the air. Yeah. And all of a sudden, now, now even with footy, like women's footy, man, it's, it's, it's you can watch it and the skill involved. Yeah, it's awesome. And same with like the uh, mixed martial arts. Yeah. You sit back, mate, and there are some unreal women's fights. Mate, it feels like yesterday that like Dana White was bagging the whole concept of like you know women fighting in the UFC, yeah. and it's like Ronda Rousey changed his mind on that, and like mm. she was a you know the poster girl for for mixed martial for females mixed martial arts, and 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 how amazing she did. But then you hear in the conversation now that like the people are saying she wouldn't even like get a win inside the top 10 these days of yeah, no. like like you know even if she have to fight like a rank outsider just to maybe get a starter yeah like yeah. the level has, has has improved so much since oh. then like yeah the, uh, that's a debate you know that but, she wouldn't even like yeah get a win like, right. you know, like within the top 15 maybe you know and you yeah. see i think it's good having a daughter like we've all got daughters yeah i think not just that but in any sport it's pretty cool to see that sort of rising up so they've got an opportunity when they get older to fucking do what they want to do exactly you know? yeah it's good yeah they're like the world's their oyster just like any other you know boy or, it should be exactly yeah, yeah. and i, it's, I like Oh, my, my daughter, she's, she's six in February, and I'm, I'm just trying to lay, lay everything out there for her. You want to yeah. surf? You want to come to jiu-jitsu? You're like, she loves just playing around the boxing bag at the moment, so maybe yeah. boxing could be a thing. But if it's just dance or yeah. swim or academic, whatever, it's like, yeah, I'll just Personally, like, I just hope mine's, uh, mine's keen on dancing, not fighting, but that's just <laughs> mine. <laughs> yeah. Like, your parents, mate, would have been stressed as fuck, wouldn't they? Uh, you, were, you were big wave surfing, fucking UFC. They would have been going, fuck. Yeah, it's funny, because... <laughs> At the start, I didn't tell me mum that I was fighting, you know. I was oh, like, really? Like, my first fight was up at Calandra on the Gold Coast. I was just going for a surf trip. And then uh, she didn't mind me being in the water because, again, it's, like, it's what I'd always done. Like, yeah. the nippers and then, like, you know, being down at River Beach and the border ice since I was 10. Um, she was, like, like kind of comfortable with it, you know what I mean? And then uh, and then I started uh, doing jiu-jitsu and competing in jiu-jitsu. And then yeah, the opportunity to fight mixed martial arts popped up and I knew she'd be off it. So I just said it was a, um, a surf trip up at Caloundra. And I showed her the tape when I got back, and she was fuming. And she, she never came to any of my fights. She just wanted to be by the phone to, yeah. for a phone call. Just let me know that like I'm okay result. after the yeah. fight. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she um, yeah she she got some great hairs over it. What about the old man? 
he was all right. He's just like, oh, he's Czech and he's the kind of jiu-jitsu tournaments and uh, just sit there with his big beer gun and just scream in his thick Czech accent, Richie, aggression, aggression. Like, you knew nothing about jiu-jitsu, you know? I love it. I, I got a guy on a guillotine and uh, he's just going, squeeze, squeeze. You know, just, just like, awesome. Yeah, so uh, he's proud as punch. He loves it. That's um, from. He always yeah. loved it, but like he was just funny. Like, uh, yeah. he, like they backed me, both backed me from, from the get-go, you know, but um, yeah. mum was a bit more like 10 old. Obviously, the nerves got to mum way more and yeah. yeah and then uh and it was probably the drinking that got, got quite gave mum the most grey hairs you know getting on the drink and being a goose and getting in trouble mm. was was probably the, the, the hardest on her yeah yeah oh man that's uh that's unreal what about now like moving to the next sort of stage of your career and life and stuff like that um were you doing some stuff with the fight week or something on was it on fox oh, yeah. yeah yeah that was an awesome opportunity it like, like, made a lot of fun on uh on there with rob tasker and elvis sinisek and uh tara Rushton was there and um yeah it was just a it's opportunity popped up um that the fox sports had the contract the ufc so i was all shown on fox sports and they wanted to put like a weekly panel show on and um they hit me and elvis up to be co host and, uh, mate, it was, I, I love talking about the sport. So to be able yeah. to go on there each week yeah. and, and I get paid to sit up there and, and just, just jibber about something you love was, was unreal. And um, that went on for a, a few years. And then ESPN eventually got the rights and so Fox Sports lost the rights and that yeah. kind of like took away the uh, that weekly panel show we had. And yep. I still popped on every now and then for, for those like, little, little cameos when they need a, a co-host. So yep. it's a lot of fun. It's just amazing to see how, the, how far the sport has, has come in Australia because oh, when I first started, it was... They were still still known as like no hold no holds barred or no rules fighting or cage fighting. Like yeah. didn't have a real name. You know, now everyone knows it's mixed martial arts and and uh, like it's actually a respectable sport. And yeah, you know, yeah, it was um, like the media gave it no no hope at the start. Nah. And, and uh, like sponsors, no one would back it. You know, so it was uh, to see where it's come now. And we've got champions like you know, Alex Volkanovski and Rob Whitaker. You know, was our first Australian champion. They're just such well spoken, like such great oh. ambassadors for the sport. Oh. Got Ty Tuivasa right. and Tyson Frio from Penrith who were just killing it as well. And yeah. man, like you got Jamie Malarkey from Central Coast. Like, the list goes on and on and Actually, on. Actually, I think you know? Jamie reached out a while ago. We're going to try and get him on at some stage. He's a legend. Yeah, yeah shout so. out to you, bro. Yeah. What's your views but, on Volk? How far do you reckon he can go in this next belt? Like, he's a weapon, but how, how who's sharp does who's he look? Who's stopping him? Oh, like, I don't know. Like, no, like, no one's ever up. made Max Holloway look tired and hopeless. Nah. Man, yeah. that before that third one, I was like sort of whinging going, he shouldn't have to fight him again. He's done two. Sort of a little bit nervous, yeah. I think, going, yeah. oh, if there's anyone in that division, it might be Max. And then two rounds in, I'm like, he's just steaming this right. guy. And it's then, just like, insane. Just sharp. I guess, I guess, I guess uh, like Ortega too, you know, like he found himself in a little bit of trouble in there, but like the way he got through it just again shows his heart and his, he can get through adversity and not only his skill set but his mental toughness Mate, just to like yeah. you know stay cool in those situations well, it's on him the, the toe ball because he just got the shiny dome and he just snigs every cunt <laughs> Mate, he's a weapon he's a weapon I was lucky enough to train with him for a few times and, oh uh, really top fella like yeah. you know, nicest guy you'll meet and uh but man, just tough as nails, strong just as an ox. That and that mentality now of just like no cunt is stopping me. Yeah, yeah. Because like the weight division he's going to, isn't that Oliveira? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you know what? Like he's he could even go down a weight class as well. Like he's he just says, and I, I agree with him. It's like, like he just doesn't want it because it's like why? Yeah. Like because from my experience, we cut too much weight. It can be it. It can be detrimental, but. Um, He's not like he's not a huge he's not a huge featherweight, you know. So could it's be pretty a impressive to see, I suppose, though, how he dealt with that height difference, like Holloway. Yeah, he just seemed to just fucking get in movement and like so game, like, like 
I suppose tactics. he's already got that um, sort of style figured out, hasn't he? Like yeah. fighting bigger blokes. Yeah. yeah. So and he's fought yeah. plenty of times at lightweight. You know? no, I'm, and he I'm started so his excited. career at middleweight, I think. Or even so, like he's fought at all weight classes. And remember, it it's funny listening to like all the Americans go about. Yeah, rugby. He was yeah. a front rower, like the fucking right. Gorilla yeah. gorillas. Yeah, they, they <laughs> make it sort of sound like he was playing NRL. Yeah, fucking, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But it's good for the the hype and that yeah, sort of thing. Yeah, it's a great story, but, you know, mate. I I love him. Like same with Whitaker. I love those two as them. Ambassadors for Australia, and that because they're just such stand-up blokes, yeah. like, like good lads, fucking, and just go hard. I just love Ty too. Oh, Ty mate, he's a, he's a weapon. That knocking yeah. Derek Lewis out. Oh. Yeah, that was wild. That was wild. Fuck. Was, fuck you. I was on the, I was standing up in my living room, like on yeah, the edge of the seat because it's gonna go either way because they're yeah. rocking each other. I was like, mate, but yeah. Bro, Cyril Gain, he was so close too. Like yeah. I said, he fucking hit him with a good shot, man, and one more good shot when he was up yeah, against the stage. Just whistled by too. Ooh. Whistled by. Yeah. You know, and still yeah. gains such a, a technical striker, and, and like, yeah. I mean, Ty outstruck Cyril way more than Engano did. You know, Engano only won that fight against Cyril Gain because he relied on his wrestling and took the strike out of it. But like, you know, he out. That surprised the fuck out of me. That like, I'm I'm just a big fan of it. I don't know fuck all technically, but I thought I didn't think Engano was going to wrestle. Like, yeah, well, he had to down. really because yeah. like they was forced to because he was losing the fight standing. Yeah, you know? and the way with Ty, you know, he Ty, Ty had had Cyril in trouble on yeah. the feet, so. Yeah, we've got such a great like array of personalities and, and guys mm. in the you know representing Australian UFC right now. I don't know who's gonna stop Volko. Like don't nah, that's better right. weight. It'll be a man, that fight against Oliveira is, is it'd be a cracker and man, I think you'd have to give the, maybe the advantage to Oliveira, just size and advantage and just like current I mean they're both in current amazing form, yeah. but I get just simply because he's the lightweight champion coming across a featherweight champion other yeah. but surely it, that's the fight to make, isn't it? Like if he goes up, doesn't he? Yeah. Surely he gets that. He's cleaned chance. out the he's cleaned out the weight the, the featherweight division, so there's no clear number one contender there. No, do you reckon no. he's doing that as well as like a, a marketing thing too? Like as in for him now, like who do you really sell a fight for Volk in his current weight division? Like he's just yeah. peppered every cunt. They got a, that, that division below him, like all the contenders have to work out. You know, have to have a few fights. It's probably like oh, probably six months to a year before a real number oh, right. one contender like pops up, you know, like yeah. someone like really deserving of of a shot at Volk. And, and I, but I think the Oliveira fight's an amazing one because like I said, mm, I me too. it's going to be a... I don't know how it going. Like after his last performance against Holloway, like I can't see him getting beat either. He's well, like, mate, oh, you go, oh yeah, the height thing, but you go, but look how he went against Holloway. Yeah, so I he's think got Holloway's that figured out. As tall, if is not taller than Oliveira. Yeah. So, but Oliveira's been on fire as well. The way it's he's exciting, been, like, man. It's yeah. like so it makes exciting. For we such can sit here all day and just, no, and just talk love, about yeah, it. Yeah. Rolls fine again. I think I'm gonna show in Perth in um, in like February next year. So that'd be like it'd be good to see all the Aussie boys back on the car. Well, mate, that's something that we're like when we start doing this, like in the next sort of few months or so we want to turn this into a full-time thing we're doing and for us to be able to go and actually watch UFC events would be fucking amazing because yeah. like oh, we're both such big fans of the sport like it's so and like, the atmosphere is amazing it's, it's, it's phenomenal we'll just start getting more involved with all the fight everything else that's going on in Australia fighting wise MMA would be great yeah. but even Australian boxing at the moment on oh, like, yeah. it's been like yeah. a full-on like yeah, I know. It's just with that, you know, like, no limit. There's four yeah, weeks on the night. No, the, the Zoo Boys, Tim and uh, Nikita, are, like, are really flying the flag. Yeah, yeah. but like, Isaac Hardman. Bro, like, I know, fucking, right. yeah, I was spewing when uh, this fight was yeah, the rapper. Yeah, yeah, like, I was too. just like, oh, he's just <laughs> lifting up, you know, the old but, flea bag corny. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> it but made for a good thing, but. Anyway, he, like, like I, he's. He's true to his word, though. He like he wasn't saying it just to like get attention. It's how he felt about him. It's like he yeah. wants to back. He wants to back up what he's saying, you know. And he, but 
he got he got uh, he got you know clipped that night and just was straight away like fuck yeah. what happens like, no, hat, hats off to Zerapa like that. that's how like it should be yeah and I think that's like um now he's just back on the horse and yeah and, uh, man no so, I'm a, I'm a fan of Hardman Road yeah, like, last few years watching his fights and that it's yeah. been good just it's great him. like for the sport too you know yeah so um, no, mate, right. combat sports in Oz like it's always been pretty healthy but I think he's, he's at the moment we're in a, re- a really good spot definitely mm. hundred percent man exciting times coming ahead. I had to touch on your podcast, Vast Files. You still going with it, mate? <laughs> nah, that's a short career, the old Vast Files. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What you boys do, like organising and and other setup, and like I, I love getting here and having a gas bag, and yep. I love being on the other side of the couch and and yep. getting cool, uh, you know, um, characters and people from different walks of life in there and, and a gas bag. But um, my organisation skills are terrible, and my time management just didn't suit, and and. Um, yeah, I just I just got too busy with other things, but it was, it was good fun. And maybe I'll put it on ice for a little bit. Maybe when I get my life sorted, I can maybe come back to it. But uh, do you ever put it on Spotify, or you just had a, like I found you on the podcast app back in the day when yeah, I followed yeah. you and nah, stuff? That was it. Yeah, yeah. like I said, I'm technically illiterate too, so I can't I can't do anything myself. I suppose, man, it's one of those things that you get someone helping you on board that does all the technical shit, line yeah. stuff up, so you can just be the bloke who sits there and fucking spins. You know what? Well, I was lucky enough to pretty much have that too. You know, the the Batuta boys were helping me out with yeah, it. And no, was, yeah, and uh, I didn't. Have to, but it was just it was just like lining things up and my yeah. time and just getting like my, my ducks lined up in a row. Yeah. Um, you had a bit going on at the time too, like when that was kicking off, like in my personal life. So I just had to. Uh, I had to just get other stuff sorted and uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, but like it's good fun, but like I, a lot more work than I, you know, oh, first no, thought. So to see you boys and what you got going and you're killing it, um, yeah, I know, I know the work involved. So congrats, boys. You're probably laughing as being turbos like texting you. So you are going to come, rah 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 rah, <laughs> like yeah. like just going holy. Well, I suppose we just sort of come down. We're like, oh, we got this little time frame. Fuck it, let's go to Sydney. You yeah, know, who who are we keen to get on that fucking lives in Sydney and um. You know, Cam's always been a massive fan of surfing and stuff like that, and in the yeah. UFC and that, he's like, "Oh, we'll see if Richie's keen." Oh, well, thanks you to know. the ball, boys. Mate. No, no right worries, unreal. mate. It's fucking like I said, it's been cool watching a couple of like the doco and stuff like that. And um, how just quickly, how did that doco have an impact on the beach and the bra boys in general? Like, was it a was it a positive impact? Do you think, or was it like a with some young fellas trying to live up to the fucking? Yeah, you pretty much. Yeah, you picked it. It wasn't. Like looking back, I wouldn't say the the best impact on the local community at all, especially the young fellas. You know, um, it just I think a lot, a lot of crew started coming down and and, and uh, wanted to attach themselves to that notoriety and um, yeah. and a lot of things that were in the doco that were just were part and parcel of that time and then in the years before that, you know, with the violence and the carrying on and whatnot, would come down and try and just like impress with that kind of stuff, you know, yeah, and. Yeah. and uh, um, yeah, and what like I think I think a lot of young fellas sort of got, took the wrong message from the from the documentary and um yeah. and yeah it's, it's a bit of a strange time you know, there's a lot of, lot of attention on the area and a lot of people started floating around just, I guess trying to be a part of that attention and um yeah it took a little while for everything to simmer down and, and then things to return back to you know just just like you know having to go in the water having to go like footy or whatever, your career whatever yeah. it is you want like not just try to be like a yeah, a peacock and get and get noticed for the for the wrong reasons. Yeah, because um, blokes like um like Johnny Sutton and Rennie Matura and that that were p- yeah. like part of the group as well. That exactly, were, both yeah, had yeah. good NRL careers yeah, and stuff. They're like still down the beach too, surfing all the time. Yeah. The boys yeah, are, cool are, are frothing, so yeah, they're uh, they're always having a good banner in the, in the in the water. But uh, yeah, there's that little period after it. Like, and I know like a lot of like my good mates who are uh, probably like between six and ten years younger than me. Yeah, even uh, the boys had some working with me today. Uh, yeah, what, what maybe not so much from the dollar. They they, they were just rubber born and bred, but like the whole kind of mentality of like trouble and you know 
been a bit of a mug and, and that, the like, um, yeah, living fast and well, they, they found themselves in trouble too. And there's a lot of that generation below us just, uh, yeah, had to do a little stint in, stint in the nick and, and just yep. did dumb life decisions, you know, around that time off the back of the doco. And um, I think for that generation, they probably, like, yeah, not intentionally, you know what I mean, but, like, just um, got caught up in all that stuff and, uh, yeah, and... Uh, yeah. Yeah, had to unfortunately learn some hard lessons. Did you sort of older lads have to try and pull that up a little bit, or did you just sort of let nature play its course? Yeah, let nature play its course. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. not like a little bit of pulling up, and like, but uh, then again, they were at that age where yeah, you can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, and like madness has always been part of the community down there. You know? and like I said, definitely that stage. Like it has, it's has settled down now. Like, like gentrification now. Now it's just like you go down there. It's just like any other beach, really. You know what I mean? Like back in the day, it was like. I always refer to it as like you know it was like Sydney's ugly duckling of the of the city beaches. You know there was no one down there. You could go as mad as you want. You could have fires on the beach. You'd, you know yeah. egg fights, smash windows. Nothing would <laughs> like ever come back to you. There'd be no drama. But now it's just like these cameras everywhere. And these families everywhere, which is a great thing. I think you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's yeah. nice to see the beach that way. But um, yeah, it's, it's settled down a whole lot. So no, it's a game, yeah. mate. So it's in a pretty good spot now. Like fucking cruising at the moment. Yeah, it is. Like everything's like times change. You know, like yeah. I said, it's it's not um. Yeah, a little, little quiet surf town where you could sort of just get up, get up to no good, and and, uh, and no one find out. It's all all changed, but it's yep. good, man. It's, I, I like it. Man. Like I said, it's uh, like I've changed a lot too. It's just yeah, it's good for my. I love being on that beach with my daughter and just chilling out. And um, yeah, it's yeah, great. Like right? the madness is as as simmered, but it had to, didn't it? So yeah, now it's um, yeah, it's just like I said, it's like in the other city beaches getting busy and uh. Slowly, the whole demographic around the beach is changing. It's getting expensive to live there. So, you know, like I said back in the day, when the, you know, the whole bra boy thing, like a lot of housing, you know, commission around the house and like government housing, like it was just, a, I guess, a socio-economic situation has changed a lot. But yeah, it's, it's still good. I, I love it. I'm still proud to call it home and happy to be there until I work out where I'm moving to next when I'm yeah. old and grey, you know? Yeah. Unreal, bro. Mate. No, well, um, I suppose we'll wrap it up. And, mate, thanks heaps for coming on. It was great talking to you and uh, sharing a few of your experiences that you've had, brother. Bloody appreciate it. Yeah, Cheers, boys. Thanks home. for the beer and, yeah, and the gas <laughs> bag. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah. Call them what you want, knee knockers, golden nuggets, dice slappers. But our friends at Manscapes refer to them as the boys. Not every man has children, but every man is responsible for their two boys below the waist. When your little guys have more hair than they need, trust Manscaped for all your grooming dreams. Boys need love too, so join the 10 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com and using the code ALPHABLOKES for 20% off plus free shipping. You heard it here first. The boys are back in town. Every man knows how scary it can get when you're going for the close shave below the waist. That's why I trust Manscaped for all my sensitive areas. Introducing the Lawnmower family, including the Lawnmower Pro 3.0 Plus and the 4.0 Pro and the 5.0 Ultra. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code ALPHABLOKES at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code ALPHABLOKES at manscaped.com. For the best your boys have ever looked, trust Manscaped. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello 
HelloFresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.